Welcome back to 10 Times Podcast with Michael and Robbie. And that's it. That's, that's, that's literally it. And we're both on a... No, we're not even on a Skype call. No, we're on it. a Google Hangout call. It's, it's been literally a fucking disaster to try to put this, <laughs> this is the, I, it's. I'm having flashbacks to the time I tried to interview Freddie Hunt. Because I was yeah, running... I couldn't get anything set up, and then I had to reschedule. And then I had to take work off because he's in a different country. And Yeah. We're doing the best we can here. Um, Adam has a ill child, so he's attending no, he's, to that. No, he's sick. Oh, he's sick? Yeah, because his oh, kid was sick last wrong. week. No, he's sick. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, that's uh, that's not ideal either. Yeah, the kids, so. kids meeting other kids, bringing home diseases. That's, that's what kids do, man. They like hang out and they give each other diseases. I mean, literally, that's what children do. Have you ever known a teacher or like dated a teacher? Uh, no, actually. They bring home the weirdest sicknesses. Because all the little kids bring their diseases to school, and then they give all the other kids their diseases, and then the teachers it's always like bring the, it home. It's like a constant disease show and tell, whether you, <laughs> you know, agree it, to it or not. It's just happening all the time. It's like the sticky play place in the middle of the mall, except all day, every day, with colors and school supplies. My question is, and I, I, I've asked this question several times, nobody can answer it for me. Why are children always sticky? They're like always sticky. <laughs> like, what You're are like, they doing? Like they have, sticky. you give them wet wipes and then they're immediately sticky again. And Adam right. could answer just, this, but I can't. I just don't understand. Like people are like, oh, you should hold my child or whatever. I'm like, nah. It's, <laughs> I know it's sticky. Like I don't need, <laughs> I don't need you to give me the child to have this experience. I've been here before. It's the same thing every time. I'm just curious. Maybe someone can, you know, kind of fill in the gaps on why why the kids are sticky all the time. I mean, I think, what age do you get to where you are no longer sticky as a human being? <laughs> Uh, twelve maybe. It's gotta be. That's when people aren't sticky anymore. Maybe. Uh, if you know the answer to that, let us know in the consortium. <laughs> How long are we gonna be at the consortium? We're stuck with the consortium for twenty-eight days because uh, Facebook won't let you change group names anymore. That's probably a good thing. Otherwise, we change I, it every day. Well, yeah, and I think everybody was using it w- would like change their group drastically for April Fool's Day. Oh. And then it wasn't funny, but the page owner thought it was funny. And then it was like, this is dumb. And then that's just really lame. So Facebook put a stop to it. Plus, yeah. I, you know, I wonder too if people were, they would set up a page for something and then switch the name, you know, and change it to a different page. Yeah. I just realized that we could have made it like the maximum drift, Driftcast group and then steal all their fans for like a day and then change it yeah, back. Yeah. They would have been, been confused. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, since when is there two groups? And then. But now they're in right, our group. Now we got a thousand people in our group, which is much better, by the way. <laughs> yeah, our group is way more fun. So, 1010s Podcast Consortium um, on the Facebook. Um, definitely find us on Instagram as well. We're not posting much on our Facebook page no, due to Facebook the way algorithms it. work. Yes, Mark yeah, Zuckerberg has zucked our account. Yeah, unless somebody wants to pay for us to advertise just to let our fans see our stuff, we're not going to bother. No. So go to Instagram. Instagram's still been pretty good. And uh, the consortium group, which is a, a group, not a page. Which is and, the uh, best page. Good stuff in there for sure. Um, so I'm going to do the opener this week. And it is racing related. So I feel like Booney would doing approve. my Booney would approve, but I'm also doing my best to replicate Adam. <laughs> Are you going to rant? Um, I might rant. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> 
Okay. Because if you yell, um, if you lean back from your mic and yell, I feel like that we've accomplished what needs to be accomplished for this segment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So my opener presented by Factor Fabrication is about a video that was released on VinWiki. And do you know much about VinWiki? I know because I don't think I do. I know about Ed Bolian, and I, he's the one that broke um, Alex Roy's cannibal record. He did it in like yeah. twenty-eight hours and eight, thirty-three minutes. Or 30, yeah, something crazy. Yep. So his book was actually really well written. I like that one. Um, I know he started this Vin Wiki page, and it's supposed to be. I haven't watched any of his YouTube stuff, but I know the page is supposed to be able so you can look up a VIN number of an exotic car and get its full history. It's kind of like. I'm probably going to butcher this by saying it, but it's kind of like Carfax for super exotics. So you get like the history of a super exotic you're buying. Oh, so this is like a business of his then. Yeah, VinWiki. As I opposed think, to just like a video site. Yeah, there's two things. I think his YouTube channel is videos that he's producing and, and then starring in, obviously. And then the VinWiki page, I think, is more about the... Um, yeah, like the, the history of, of supercars. So like, let's say there's 43 F whatever F50s in the state of Georgia. This will show where they all are or who owns oh, them. Bizarre. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's so you can track what cars are actually out there. So like when somebody claims there's only 800 of so many cars, but VinWiki says actually there's a 1,000. Huh, interesting. Okay. So, um, well, anyway, I knew that Ed uh-huh. Bullion was related to – VinWiki, and I don't have much experience with him. I should probably borrow his book from you. Yeah, um, you'd, you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I should I should read that, especially after reading Alex Roy's book. But um, they posted about a week ago, so it'd be almost two weeks ago now when this comes out. They posted a video with John Hope Bryant, who is apparently um, a gentleman who he's written some books. He's he's kind of one of those like financial guru guys. Uh, whether he actually is a financial guru or not, I. He's made his millions by telling people how to make their millions. Right, exactly. Which sounds like bullshit, not, but whatever. You know, I'm not saying whatever. it's a scam, I'm, but it's clearly worked for him. No, I, I'm just. I find it very interesting. These guys that do this. Um, there's a guy named Dave. Dave something. I can't remember his last name right now. But these guys Ramsey? come up with like Dave Ramsey. <laughs> these guys come up with these schemes. You know, his isn't so much he, a scheme. It's a get out of debt thing. But yeah, yeah. But they but they come up with this idea, this financial idea, and then they write books about it. Um, on like how to implement it, and I just wonder how many people it actually works for. I think, yeah, uh, maybe maybe it works. You know, maybe Dave Ramsey's more legit. Dave Ramsey's um, pretty legit based on what I've seen. Yeah, but uh, I, but there's a million other of scam artists out there. Yeah, and I don't know anything about this John Hope Bryant guy. Maybe he's got some really great advice. Maybe he doesn't. I can't speak to that. But let's assume um, he doesn't, just for the sake of this show, <laughs> just for the sake of this segment. So he puts together or VinWiki helps him put together this video of his experience with American endurance racing. It was actually at the beginning of 2018. So it was a year ago. Um, and he's making this claim that, you know, racing in general is kind of part of the old guard and it's a, it's a good old boys club. And, you know, it sucks when you make a minor mistake because the good old boys club comes in and just blasts you for it. And, you know, it's really not meant for, for people to, come into and participate and um, learn about the sport and be new to the experience. It's kind of more a place for the good old boys to hang out and do their thing. And they don't want to welcome new people in. So he produces this video where he talks about an incident that happened where 
in during his story, he says that he um, maybe passed a car to under yellow. Um, you know, he wasn't uh, speeding excessively. He was doing about 50 miles an hour, uh, maybe so a little going, more. Going caution speeds, roughly? Yeah, I mean, that's what he's claiming. Oh, the video um, looks quick. But I yeah, mean, they, so they all... They which, all I'm watching. If you're watching the in-car video, you have to go to um, all the way to 48 minutes. And this is available on YouTube if anybody's interested. Otherwise, um, go to Jalopnik, find the article. Yep. It's, it's, uh, they talk quite a bit about it on there. Um, but he, so at about 48 minutes in that video, you start to see an incident, and then there's a full course yellow. And that's where things kind of start to fall apart. Um, everybody else is, is, participating in the full course yellow and um this bryant guy starts talking about how you know all of a sudden he starts passing all these cars and you know it's just like wow you know he's doing really well and then he realizes there's a yellow and he slows down and he's being safe and it really wasn't a big deal and then he sees a black flag and he talks to his you know his uh, crew chief and his crew chief says no it's not for you keep going so he keeps racing um, and then, you know, eventually it becomes very clear that it's his black flag. And so he pulls off the track. Um, he gets to an official official says, go back to your pit, shut your car off. So he gets back to, to his pit and somebody from American endurance racing just starts reaming him. Um, and he's like, I don't know, you know, what happened? You know, if he had just given me a minute to explain myself, I would have apologized and said, yeah, I made a mistake. And, you know, I really didn't think it was that big a deal. And, um, you know, this guy's just laying into me and blah, blah, blah. And so if anybody's interested, I think you should watch this video on VinWiki and then turn around and read the press release from AER where they've actually provided in-car video footage, which is what we were talking about earlier. And you see this guy, um, you know, for several minutes running at race speeds under a full yellow. I think AER claims that he passed eight cars okay, during great. that time. Um, he passed the spot where the, um, the, it was a stopped E30, I think on the side, on the, um, inside of the course. Yeah. So on one got, of the straights. Yeah. So the, the cars on the side of the road, they got a rollback and our safety truck on yep. the side of the road. And he blows by there at about a hundred miles an hour. So full race speed. Um, and then they throw out a black flag, which is a little hard to see in the video, but they put out a black flag and then eventually, um, he figures it out finally that that black flag's for him. Um, and he comes into the pit and, and you know, the, he gets reamed for not paying attention to anything. And, you know, this guy claims at the beginning of the video, like, you know, I've got an SCCA racing license. I've got a little bit of experience. I've just not done anything with AER. And, you know, it's just not really fair for them to treat beginners like this and blah, blah, blah. But I think maybe this is just, if people want to look into it, I think it's, it's interesting how, he spins it versus how AER explains it in their press release and then backs that up with the video evidence. Um, I guess yeah. I would just encourage people that if, if they're participating in track days, they're doing their first HPDE, you know, maybe they're doing some actual competitive racing. They're yeah. They're, into that their first race. jump race or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Champ car, whatever. Just be humble because I think that that's really where this, this falls down. This guy in this video, this guy talks about how he's an entrepreneur and he started 40 businesses and he's started, you know, he's philanthropic and he gives himself all these titles like, you know, entrepreneur and, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a, he's a job provider and he's, you know, a philanthropist and blah, blah, blah. And it's very clear this guy's attitude about himself is, 
you know, he's the shit. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I think people should, I think it's interesting to look into this and, and just maybe there's several takes takeaways from this. First of all, you know, the shit that people put out on the internet is not necessarily the truth. Um, and also that if you're wanting to get into racing at any level, endurance racing, jump car or champ car, or whatever they're calling it now. And, you know, lemons or just track days or whatever, just be humble and be aware of yourself and where you are and where other cars are and what's going on with the corner workers. Um, cause I'm sure, I mean, Robbie, you've sat through several meetings now where they talk about flags. There's really no excuse for not understanding what a flag means. No. And, and that's, a, that's, a, I guess I can see where if you go to an event and they assume like, especially on a, like, let's just call this a, ch- a champ car race or like an AER race where it's, they, at, at this level, they assume, you know, the basics, I mean, mm-hmm. cause like in, in a HPDE or a, a PDX, they're going to go through the flags pretty substantially and make sure you know them. Um, but even this year, like, like my first TT event, I wouldn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't pass anybody under yellow, but I, I came into a turn and, and you know, we talked about this last week where I missed it. I went from uh, fifth to second and then spun. I never left the track and just kept going. And I didn't think anything of it because, you know, I, granted I wasn't going the right direction for a second, but I, I didn't get anyone's way and I just kept going. And then come to find out I got black flagged like four or five laps later because they I think they kind of went on the rail and realized, hey, he didn't go in. And I definitely should have gone in because I totally screwed up. And in in my eyes, I didn't go off the track, so I didn't, I didn't break the rules, I guess. Mm-hmm. But by spinning out, I, uh, they called that as basically going off track. So I got black flag and had to basically explain myself. And it, it wasn't near a big deal. I wasn't passing anybody under caution or doing anything stupid, but yeah, just, just one of those things that I wasn't as familiar with the rules as even I thought I was. Sure. So I, I can see how, how stuff like that happens. Uh, passing eight cars under caution. I, I would, I would argue the other side of that where that you should know better than that. Yeah, if he had, you know, passed a car, one car under caution, you know, that, that's pretty forgivable. You know, people make mistakes. And then also if he had not understood that it was a full course caution and it was just, you know, um, a caution for a section, yep. I could see that not being clear. Um, but otherwise, I mean, going around at least two laps under full caution, passing a bunch of cars, I mean, you should... If you're passing yeah. a bunch of cars you weren't passing, you should maybe be wondering why everybody slowed their pace down. Yeah, you, yeah. If, you, if you're not going to pass eight cars magically, it's there's going to be a, a definite change. And not to mention, every single corner station is going to have their yellow flags hanging. Yeah. So you, unless you're gonna, you, you would have to be completely ignoring all flags, which is why right. when I when I got black flagged, it was so many laps later. I was so confused because like if it would have happened that same lap, I would have knew exactly what I did. So I'm sitting there going, what? what did I do? And then like, I kind of slowed down and I point to myself, like, really this for me? And then went right back in. And then they said, you know, they said, yeah, they said you went off track. I'm like, no. Well, you spun. Well, yeah, I I did spin. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. Okay. Then that, okay. That counts. Okay. My bad. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But you, you also didn't have an ego about it either. You know, when when the incident happened, you reacted appropriately. You know, maybe you didn't do, 
exactly what they wanted you to do based on the series of events, but correct. You know, your, your misunderstanding was pretty, uh, forgivable. I mean, well, they I sent me, anybody could have made that mistake. They sent me right back on track. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like anyone was freaking out about it. And yeah, it's not like I, not like I spun and got, and then we got passed by a whole group of cars and just sat there and waited. It was, you know, lost control, spun sideways a little bit, gained control again, went right back and didn't even lose a place. So yeah, it was, yeah. Knowing now it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that I, I should have gone in and, and talked it out with the safety steward, but at the time, not so much, but yeah, yeah inexperience but on my part, but you yeah. You also I, learned something now. Yes. That's a, that's so, a mistake I won't make twice. Yeah. And I don't feel like that was something that was taken away from this incident with this guy. It was more, you know, he, yeah, he's, he's saying that he's, wrongfully accused and you know he yeah he, he, i made a mistake but they made a mistake for throwing it out there the way they did it's like no not necessarily not really you were putting people's lives in danger yep. and at that point if you know a safety steward or whoever comes over and reams you you just got to take it and you know move on yeah that's just it too i mean in my again i don't have a, a ass load of experience but i have never had anything happen on track where i saw a safety steward or any official ream somebody out like i've made my mistakes i've you know i went to the tire wall i've spun out i've you know whatever i go in and they're like hey well what'd you do wrong well i missed a shift and then you know just you know made a mistake well don't do that okay all right get back out there feedback. yeah it's just like they know that i'm not the most experienced driver and they you know that's the that type of stuff you see with an with an inexperienced driver but Passing a bunch of people under caution is not inexperienced. It's just you you know better. Yeah, so I, I'd be I, curious I, to know how he got his SCCA uh, competition license. Yep. If if he actually had it, he claimed that he did. I don't know if he did or not, but that's what he's saying. Right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, but, I, I I think if a safety steward is yelling at somebody, they probably deserved it. I've never in my, in anything I've ever seen. Again, that hasn't been a lifetime of track time, but. I think it takes quite a bit to get somebody that worked up. Yeah. Buzzing by guys trying to pick up a stalled car on the side of the track at a hundred miles an hour is probably a good way to get reamed or kicked out. Absolutely. And, and rightfully um, so. Yeah, rightfully so. And AER apologized for, um, their official maybe losing his temper. I think it's justified. I don't think that apologies really do, but no, I think it's just everyone trying to save face, you know, like they can go, well, he kind of overreacted, but at the same time you were in the wrong. Cause yeah, he's going 90. Yeah. When he's passing a stalled vehicle and immediately passes a car right after that. Yep. I mean, come on. Yeah. You're, you're, you've got no spatial awareness there. And actually the, the steward that flipped out on him, um, apologized to him later and invited him out for dinner and he just didn't respond to him. So, yeah. So I, I mean, I'd, there's, I'd there's obviously an ego, an yep. ego issue here. So, um, this has been talked about contested online, um, pretty heavily in the last couple of days. And it's clear that everybody agrees with AER on this deal, but I think that there's a learning opportunity for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think, Track driving is really intimidating for some people, and there's there's still people that want to do it, but there may be some apprehension, um, especially when you hear stuff like this about, you know, like, oh, like, so-and-so group treated me poorly and blah, blah, blah. You know, I would encourage people to um, figure out how they want to participate, take that leap to get into it, and then just be just be humble and ask a lot of questions. Yep. Um, and if you're ever 
not sure, um, you know, if, if, if a black flag is for you or if you need to pit or whatever, I would just lean the side of caution. Side, yeah. Side of caution and just go ahead and do it. And if you need to talk to somebody, when you come in, do that, you know, even if nothing's wrong, you know, talk to somebody and see if everything's cool and then go back and, uh, finish your stint or, you know, get ready for the next, next go round. But yeah, yeah, uh, like yeah don't, don't, don't be an asshole. <laughs> right. And that, that's kind of what I, I got. I've said it on when we had Ross Bentley on the show and he asked, or we were on his show and he asked for speed secrets. I was like, just drop the ego. I mean, yeah. and I think that's even more true now for me. Like I've done even more track days ever since then. I think that the, again, my biggest takeaway from that is the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Like it's like, if I go to an event and I have a question and I just make an assumption, I'm probably going to be wrong. And then if I, and if I am really wrong about something, someone could get hurt or I, I yeah. could get myself hurt or what, you know, or worse. Right. So yeah, if you're not, yeah. if you're the, the, no one's going to judge you for coming in being new and going, Hey, walk me through this or, you know, what, what's the right way to do this? Everyone's there to help you. Like it's, it's, it's not that competitive, especially on like a PDX. It's, de- it's not competitive at all. It's a learning yeah. experience. So like that's, that's the time to go there and say, Hey, you know, what's the right way to go about this? What does this flag actually mean? So I, I, yeah, I've been doing it. You know, this is my second second year really doing it. I'm learning stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm still super green. And yeah, so I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're gonna learn. It really doesn't matter how long you're in it. You know, you're gonna be learning something all the time. Yep. Um, and so you should never have the attitude that you know everything or that you're the fastest driver. Or yeah. or whatever you know, and, and even if you are there the is fastest. the fastest driver, there is a guy that's the fastest. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have something else to learn, or uh, or that he, or that the rules don't apply to him. I mean, I don't, I don't care yeah. if you have I don't care yeah. if you have a you know brand new Lamborghini Huracan or whatever. You're in the same boat as the Spec Miata guy. I mean, you you got to abide by the same track rules. I mean, right? It's, it's curious or not um, common courtesy. I mean, yeah, and nobody gives a shit how much money you have. No. Or who your friends are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that was it. Um, factorfabrication.com. I stopped by Factor Fabrication yesterday and Ooh. and hugged Booney just because. I'm going to hug that guy forever. You should just stop by and give him a hug. I should. Well, he was working to... in the woodworking shop. He was doing some tabletops. I need to drop off my trailer and make him give me a tire rack. Yeah. I think he said... Um, I think he said maybe in May he's going to have a little breather. So maybe okay. we'll have to reschedule that, that dinner that we were going to have. That'd be perfect. That one where Adam eats all the French food happily. Yeah. Happily is probably not the right word. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it'll be enjoyable. I'm sure. I, I'll Next enjoy fabrication.com. For all, all your right. fabrication needs. The, for all your fabrication needs. Woodworking or metal. Yes. So, all right. Should we move into our topic? Yeah. Did you, uh, did you knock off a bucket list item or I didn't. two? No, no, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. I, two? Did I get I, two? I think you get two. Do I get two? Which two do I get? I think one, because is a Porsche is a Porsche part of your uh, bucket list? The original bucket list from two and a half years ago. I can't remember. Uh, there, I wanted to experience the Porsche 928, which nobody took me up on. If somebody does have one, I I want to drive it. Let me know. Okay. I would love to check that out. Um, and I don't know if anything else related to this was on. It wasn't you. Um, I could have. I could have swore you had a, a bucket list item where you wanted to get in an airplane. 
and then only have a one-way ticket and then come home with something. Oh, now we got to go back and check. I hope that's true. I think that would it be is. awesome. I'm, I'm convinced that was you. I know it, it might have been me. That was a long time ago. I know you're not. You, if, do you have any idea what that episode number is? I'm not even going to bother looking it up. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Episode 12. <laughs> yeah. Pretty early. Um, but yeah, I hope that is true. Someone I, can fact check I, us on that. I'm but, pretty sure you um, had that, that you, that, that was part of it. I, cause I know Jess always had one that she, she wanted to just go to the airport and then whatever ticket was available and just hop on a plane. And that was the vacation. But I think that's your, a really good one too, actually. I think yours was specific that you wanted to go buy a car and drive it home. I don't think it was Adam. I think it was you. Yeah, I do vaguely remember that. Um, I just can't remember if I expressed it or if. Or yeah, maybe uh, we just talked about I it off air. But... Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, last Saturday I bought my mm-hmm. 911. Um, I bought a 2003. Uh, it's just a Carrera or Carrera Two, whatever you want to call it. So it's rear wheel drive. Uh, it's the narrow body car. Um, nine nine six. Nine nine six generation. Um, bought it out of Detroit. Uh, so since we went to Vegas and I looked at that nine, nine, six, I'm kind of actively, talking about Buddhas? well, not Buddhas. Um, well, but yeah, Buddhas, but I was thinking more of the one at, um, celebrity supercars. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It kind of looked at that one and, and it kind of got the gears turning, of, <laughs> you know, these things are out there and they're available. Um, and so I started thinking about buying one and, and something I've probably not admitted to anybody is that that this car this car that i have now i've actually been thinking about since i was in elementary school because it, when when i was in third grade this car would have come out the first generation of the 996 and i know for a fact that i had a poster and it had a silver car on it and it said carrera in the background and i remember this post having this poster so this is a legitimate like schoolboy poster car <laughs> for me and i had it on my wall i do remember this and so i've been thinking about the 996 since i was you know nine years old or whatever since you were a wee child since i was a wee child because i'm 20 29 now um so 20 years that's kind of a long time to think about something but yeah um so as i was going through this process i was like you know what do i what do i really want do i just want you know a modern sports car um, you know, that checks a lot of boxes. It's fun. Maybe you could do a track day in it. Maybe you could do an autocross in it. You know, it's kind of more, you know, the, the do the Swiss army knife car of yep. go to cars and coffee, go to a track day, do this, blah, blah, blah. Is that what is, is that all I'm looking for? Or am I looking for a nine, nine, six, nine, 11? Am I looking for any nine, 11? Am I looking for a box? Looking for, yeah. So you're looking looking for a statement piece. So when you drive downtown, people are like, look at that guy. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of went through a journey of trying to figure out what it is I was looking for. Um, 911s are hard to buy, as it turn, turns out, uh, for a lot of reasons that I'll probably get into a little bit more. Um, I really thought about buying a C6 Corvette because they're really affordable now, and they're freaking everywhere. So if you if you find one that's local that's not the right one, there's for whatever there. reason, there's probably another one within a hundred miles, you know, so they're oh, yeah. really easy to buy. You can buy them from dealers. You can buy them from individuals. They're all over the place. Um, it makes way more sense to parts for them locally, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you just go to AutoZone. It's no big deal. Yeah. And just get whatever you need. And I, you know, I, I thought about this a lot and decided that 
Um, I either wanted a 911 or a Cayman S, which would have been the nine the 987 Cayman. Um, and I started thinking, well, you know, these, what's that? The 987 Cayman, that's newer? Yeah, it'd be newer, so it'd be 2006 to 2009. Okay. Um, Is that like a, a whole other tax bracket? No, not at all. Really? Um, it's it's very similar in price, actually. Okay. Um, it's actually about the same price, and that's kind of why I was thinking it might make sense to get a Cayman because it's going to be newer. You know, yep. it's going to have just fewer years on the car. Um, you know, hope there's more more of them. There's a shitload of them. Um, it seemed like a better car to buy. And as I was looking into this, I was I was you find all this information online about these cars. And you start to decide, you know, kind of what you're looking for and what your risk tolerance is for things and what you need for service records, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And I talked myself out of the Cayman for a couple of reasons. I talked to some of our friends that own Porsches and they're like, if you want a 911, you want a 911. If you buy the Cayman, you're going to wish you'd bought the 911 or you're going to end up buying a 911 later. So just buy the car that you want. I said, okay, that's good advice. And then there's, there's actually an issue with that generation of Cayman um, related to bore scoring. So meaning the cylinder Ooh. bores um, having issues with scoring. And I think this is actually a larger issue than the IMS bearing uh, okay. with the 996 cars or the 986 boxers. Not just going to um, lead to like early wear out of the engine type stuff. Yeah, basically. And it's a total, it's basically a total rebuild if you have bore scoring. Yes. Um, you're going to have to replace the cylinder liners, you know, pistons, rings. And at that point, you're probably going to go through and replace most everything else. You know, you might be able to save the crank and the block. Um, but, you know, you might be looking at rods, too. You're definitely looking at bearings for everything. You might be looking at replacing camshafts if they're worn. You know, you're you're basically really deep into repairing yeah. this engine. And, and it's it's unknown when the bore scoring issue will pop up for you and if it actually does pop up or not. But if you're looking at 987s of any kind, especially the Cayman S and the 997-911, something you need to be aware of. Um, and then the other thing, too, is that you can get a bore scope done to see what the wear looks like inside the cylinders. Yep. But then as I was doing more reading, nobody can agree on what regular wear is inside the cylinder. So <laughs> somebody may do a bore scope and go, yeah, it looks good. But the next guy might go, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. So it's like, Jesus Christ, like what? This is ridiculous. So I went back to the 996. Um, cause that's originally what I wanted. I just stuck to it. And I found a car in Florida, um, that I was very, very close to getting bought. I tried to get, a deposit put down on it um, about three weeks ago and um, it got snagged from me uh, by a local guy who had actually said that he didn't want it. And then he called the dealership back while I was trying to work my deal out and said that he wanted it. And they're like, well, since he's local and he can come pick it up on Tuesday, we got to sell it to him. I'm like, that's kind of shitty, but yeah, fair enough. It was a nine, 1999 car. Um, you know, so it would have had the smaller, it, it's got a 3.4 liter engine instead of 3.6, makes like 25 less horsepower. Um, it's got some other, it doesn't have some of the updates that the newer one has. So, whatever, fine, okay. So I found <laughs> this car out of Detroit, and when I found it, I found it on AutoTrader, I think, and I guess I was like, he literally posted it, and then I replied to him immediately, because I was on AutoTrader when it, when it just kind of popped up all of a sudden. Um but it was, you know, it was within mileage. It was a good year. Um, it's had all the proper service work done on it that you want to see done on 996s, like the bearings. And there's some other seals and some things that are, are good practice to replace. Um, it's got a new clutch and flywheel. 
Um, it's got a lot of other stuff. And I was like, this is great. Like I'm going to jump on this car. And I sent him an email saying, I, you know, I, I seriously want to talk to you about this and I want to put a deposit down. If you know, we can, if you check all these boxes that I'm looking for, I want to give you some money to hold it until next weekend. Cause it was Sunday. Yep. So I talked to him. Um, wait, wait. So, so he posts this ad and like within yep. five minutes, you sent him an email that says, Hey, I want the car or I, I guess buy the car. <laughs> I want, the, I, I want to buy the item, but I'm not local. So I need to send you some money. So I need your bank account information. Yeah. So, I was that guy. <laughs> Cause that's what I was. Every time I post anything on anything, it's like the first four messages are always fake. It's like, Oh, I yep. love your item. What item? Well, yeah, I, well, I can't, at I least can't. I said nine nine six. So that was good. Um, but yeah, I was definitely that guy. He said I actually replied to the post before he got the listing confirmation from Auto Trader. <laughs> like that's how fast I replied to that post. So well, then, then he knew he had you. Yeah, and he knew he had me. So I talked to him on the phone, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to get you, you know, five hundred bucks or whatever to hold the car if you're agreeable to that." Um, he said, yeah, that's great. And then as, as I'm going through this process, I learned more about this guy. He's actually British, um, living in America. He's worked for the auto industry for like 35 years. He just retired. Um, he's, he's an engineer. And so he is the most anal human being I've ever seen with maintenance. And he handed me this this book. Yeah, exactly. He handed me this book that has every receipt for any dollar spent on that car, including stuff like trim screws. He has receipts for trim screws. That's so I was incredible. like, all right, this is uh this is probably most definitely the one. And I yeah. didn't know about some of that stuff until I got out there, but so I yeah, gave him the money. Um I'm like, great, sounds good. You know, he and I go back and forth throughout the week just kind of talking about some some things and he was um, the first owner, wasn't he? What's that? He was the first owner? Yeah. So he bought this car new. 16 years ago um, or 17 years ago, whatever it was, which is awesome. I mean, his name was on the original. I mean, the the title, it's only had one owner. It's, it was his. So it's on the invoice for purchasing the car. It's got his name on it, Um, which you don't freaking see at all. You don't see one owner, nine, nine sixes. I, at one point I saw a car that had 10 owners. (laughs) I shit you not. I was like, how's that possible? Yeah. You don't want that whore. You you want, no, no, not at all. So, um, you know, he and I go back and forth throughout the week. I don't have buyer's remorse, but I start to get really nervous. I'm like, because I have to, you know, I spent it's, it's like not $400 smart- on the plane ticket, which is absurd to fly from Des Moines to Detroit. Especially when you can uh, fly to anywhere else after Detroit for $405. Yeah, exactly. For less <laughs> money than you paid for this stupid direct flight ticket. Yep. So I just, I just start feeling like, oh man, this was not. Not this is a bad idea, but like if I get out there and I don't like this car for some reason, um, yeah, because you literally I, you, you committed, like, yeah, you you committed sight unseen, right? In all reality, um, but I did have an inspection report because he had, I think, an acquaintance had expressed some interest in buying it last fall before he had stored it, and so yep. they took it into an independent shop and had an inspection done. So I knew the condition of everything basically, and then I had a lot of his major service records. So I was, you know, at the Pretty time confident. when I got into $500, I was convinced that that was the car. I just, when I got to Friday and I'm like, I have to get on a plane tomorrow and I have no plan for getting home if I don't buy this car. Uh, I'm less convinced now that, yeah. <laughs> like that I, I was, I'm less committed than I was last Sunday. Um, but, uh, I mean, it all worked out. I got on the plane, flew out there. He picked me up at the airport in the car. 
Um, he took me to lunch, which was really nice. We went through the service book. Um, you know, he has every document for everything on the car. He's got the original three keys, including the valet key. Um, he's got the original hang tag that, that hung on at the dealership with the, you know, Oh three Carrera, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is really cool. And, and then, um, you know, I went back to his house and I said, yeah, I, I really need to buy this car from you. So let's figure out how to get this done. Um, he has the original floor mats, which he never used. Yep. He literally took them out of the car to save them. Um, that's, that's more common. I've, I've noticed. Is it? Not necessarily with Porsches, just in, in general. I'm seeing that with people that'll buy a, a nice car like that and pull the floor mats. Like, I guess, I mean, like with a truck or something, you'll put in like rubber mats that you're going to get dirty. Yeah. But I get that. But like, I've seen people do it with like Z's and stuff or like even 240s. They'll, they'll save those. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. When I got the Genesis, I used the floor mats for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Before I put rubber floor mats in it. But right. it was during the summer and I didn't think anything of it. But so wait. So yeah. So where does a two Porsche enthusiasts go for lunch to discuss the purchase of said Porsche? Uh, Bravo's, the Italian restaurant. <laughs> of course you did. I, I Are was you thinking, thinking of like some sort of high society uh, hoity toity? Yeah, yeah, it was a little hoity toity. It was like, <laughs> I will admit that it was quite the move of us being at Bravo's, which, if people don't know, is a chain, but it's a pretty nice chain. Um, did, did you get some sort of like cappuccino, not cappuccino, like a, like a latte where they draw shit in the foam? No, I didn't do that, but we did have a starter course. Okay. And then a main course you know, <laughs> for lunch, of course. Um, what co- but yeah, what, co- was what color of- wine did you drink? Oh no, we didn't get into wine. It was it was still lunch, Robbie. Okay, what what mimosa did you get? No, 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 no. There was you gotta sell. You gotta celebrate with your champagne. Tea. Well, I hadn't bought the car yet. Oh yeah, I suppose that's. But actually- we did. It was it was quite the scene of us like with all these documents out on the table that that obviously say Porsche on them, <laughs> and us having this discussion about this 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 car, and then the waitress was, you know, she was a little put off by that, but she lived put off as in like i and you like look at this guy buying a porsche look at these douchebags talking about porsches yeah she, yeah um, i suppose it should probably not care at all no what watch but, were you wearing what watch was i wearing yeah i just want to i'm just there's, a, there's probably a timex or something I don't yeah know. right <laughs> <laughs> there's only one type of watch you buy or wear when you buy a porsche <laughs> <laughs> well i was definitely wearing it one of them. <laughs> we don't have to say it um, but yeah, so we got, you know, we got the transaction done and, and, um, you know, it's like one thirty in the afternoon and I'm like, I got to drive this nine eleven back from Detroit to, um, Des Moines now. So do you, and, um, sorry, just more of a curiosity. Do you yeah. do that like a cashier's check or do you sh- do that like a wire transfer? Yeah, this is a great question. So, um, I think it's whatever the buyer's comfortable with. Okay. Cause I've, I've, so I didn't like, know. Like it's not the same, obviously, but when I bought the uh, the LS1, I just transferred the money through PayPal. Actually, I did the same thing when I bought the Z. Yeah, I would ask the buyer what they're comfortable with. I guess if you have more questions about it, I'd ask your bank. My fear with a wire transfer is I don't know how you would initiate it on a weekend. Right. Maybe there's a way to do it through um, like an app. Yeah, there's there's enough money transfer apps now. You might it might not be as big a deal as it was even five years ago. There was a there is a. <laughs> um, I did some research on it because I wondered about doing like an escrow account, which yep. you could totally do. Right. Um, but it's it's 
I would like like to see Wells Fargo set up the escrow and have the money go in there and then have both parties sign off on it and take the money out. You're like saying it to escrow are us and you're like this seems sketchy for me to put like multiple thousands of dollars in you know yeah and have it go off into the internet and not know <laughs> like where exactly it's going yep so i wasn't i didn't feel comfortable with that and he was comfortable with the cashier's check which is cashier's checks are guaranteed assuming the check is not fake yeah so it's not like there's there there should be in theory there's no risk to the buyer, the seller, yes. if they get a cashier's check that's correctly filled out. Yeah, because um, that, that's how I bought the 240 was a cashier's check. Yeah. The only issue with that is that I decided on the cost, or the, oh, the yeah, I just we decided what the cost of the car was before I even saw it. So I thought of a solution for that. Okay. Yeah, I am curious. Um, what I did is I took the amount we agreed on, on you know, kind of like a tentative price for the car. Yep. And then I took that amount and subtracted I subtracted 5%, but you could do more than that. And I turned that into cash. Oh, I got you. So I carried that in cash with me, which I had to decide like where's my limit of how much cash I'm willing to lose. Yeah, like if <laughs> you get mugged robbed or, with. Yep. Right. Yeah. Or if I drop it in the airplane or something like that. Um and so I decided it was around five percent. Okay. Um and so that way if you get there and something's not right, you could say you know, like, hey, I didn't know about this or whatever. Yep. You know, I'm not trying to screw you, but I wasn't aware of this, and this is kind of all I'm comfortable with giving you for it. And then you could still hand them the check, keep the cash, or yeah. split the cash or whatever. Um, that was a little insurance policy for me in case something wasn't right, but I still wanted to buy the car, but I didn't want to give them that check, you yeah. know, for the full amount. Um, so, yeah, I guess just see what your buyer is comfortable with. If they want something different than a cashier's check because there is cashier's check fraud yeah there so is. if they want a wire transfer or something like that i'd talk to your bank first and ask them what the risks are of um wiring money and if you could do it on a weekend or how you would initiate that because I'm, I'm not really sure the only i've only done one wire transfer before um it's yeah. kind of a weird process but yeah I'm not, I'm not curious what the limits are on like those uh those cash apps either yeah, and I kind of looked at PayPal to see how much money they would let me move. I don't remember that, what. It's a, it's what a surprisingly was. large amount, but it, it kind of screws the dealer because they have to get like special verified oh, to really? be able to be able to get it out all at once. Because I remember, I think when Josh was trying to sell his TC, someone was going to do it through PayPal, and the only way he could get his money out was he had to like do a bunch of like jump through a bunch of hoops. Otherwise, he could only take it out like a thousand at a time like like a thousand a month or something crazy really yeah it was just it was like and this was years ago so it, it might have changed since then yeah it may have changed because it is shocking um, the amount of credit line that like like even just recently my credit card sent me an email or a, a letter saying you're pre-approved for thousands more dollars in credit i'm like uh i don't need that <laughs> yeah i don't exactly. need to be able to buy a new car on my credit card it's just, it's insane how what they're what, credit what they, is super loose right now. It's um, insane. It's I think scary. at some point it's going to bite us in the ass. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's like the limits that they will let you have on your credit cards are completely out of control. No and yeah, they will just, they'll just offer them to you. Like, Hey, we'll do both. Like I got a, I got something the other day. So like they've given me an insane limit on my credit card. And then they're like, not only that, but we will give you like 
$15,000 for an uncollateralized, you know, loan uh-huh. yep. at 4% or something like that. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> there's like giving money away almost for free. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Right right now, it's just really super weird. Like, I, I would like almost on the same day, PayPal sent me a, a, a credit limit increase and then so did Chase. And I'm like, I don't need either of these. Yeah. I get I ones for, I don't for need Chase that. and Capital One, like weekly. at least one a week. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully people are being responsible with their They're not. borrowing and lending practices. Well, no. hopefully the people who listen to this podcast are. Yes, please. That, that'd be great. <laughs> Make me feel aware. better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like 1.30 in the afternoon, and I've got to drive this Porsche back to that I don't really know much about back to Des Moines. And, for, and you know, after driving the car, like the thing I was probably most worried about was maybe not that I wasn't going to buy the car, but it was that Get something bizarre home. would happen on the way back. And I'd be like 500 miles away from home. And now I got to figure out how to get this thing the rest of the way home. Yeah. Like smucking a deer outside of Chicago. Yeah. Like hit a that's, deer. That's always a fear. This car has not been driven this much for like two years. Now all of a sudden I drive it this far and something weird happens, you know, and just yeah. something maintenance happens that nobody's expecting. And, you know, I have a problem. Um, You're a little more superstitious than I realized. Yeah. Because you 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 wouldn't even talk to us about it. Like we knew you were doing it, but yeah. you would you wouldn't post a picture about it. You wouldn't talk about like how she drove or nope. anything until it was. I wouldn't in even. Your I was tr- almost home, and I wouldn't tell you guys that I had no, the car. It had. Well, that's just it. Like if, if an accident's going to happen, it's going to be like a mile from your house because that's that's yeah. how luck goes. Just get. I, was, I think I was still less worried about the accident, more worried about maintenance or something it weird breaking down for some weird reason. Yeah, like a Here's wheel bearing the problem with the off. internet here's the problem with the internet where do you start every yeah well here's the problem <laughs> on the internet related to cars every problem whether it be minor or major is turned into an absolute life or death scenario related to cars yes so i guess we can get into some of this if we want to but this issue with the ims bearing I don't really want to talk about it a whole bunch because I think that it fuels the fire, but I think some things that people need to take into consideration if they're looking at this generation of car, I would encourage them to, if they, if that's what they want, I mean, you know, just do your research and, and, and look into it. But, you know, if you want a boxer from this generation or you want a 911 from this generation or even the 997, you know, the later generations, those still have IMS bearings. They're different, but they still have them. Um, just do your research and then understand that a lot of the narrative about the bearing has been um, created by a company. I, don't even, I won't even say their name. It was created by a company that profits off of you replacing the bearing in the car. Ah. So this company makes a bearing that instead of being like a, um, it's a, the stock bearing, there's a couple different types of them, but it's a metal, ch- it's a steel chase with steel bearings on the inside. They okay. make a steel chase bearing with ceramic or steel steel chase with ceramic bearings on the inside. And they claim that this fixes the issue. Um, so yeah, they, it, there was, there were some that came out that had issues and then they saw yeah, an opportunity. There's a, and, right. There's a certain window of cars that had issues. There's a broader window of cars that have a bearing, but have, have really had no little to no problems at all. Um, but their narrative is, Hey, we make a replacement bearing for all three of these types. Um, if you don't, buy one your car's gonna explode and i actually called <laughs> i found another car that didn't have a replaced bearing because mine's got an upgraded bearing in it yep. and i i called them and i said hey i've found this car 
can you give me some advice on what I should look for and if, if I should bring this car to you to have this bearing replaced and what you would charge me for it? And they were out of Chicago because that's where the car was. Yep. And they said, um, they're like, how many miles are on the car? Oh, 65,000. What year? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, really not sure why that hasn't failed yet. I would really recommend getting that in here and <laughs> getting it replaced. And, I'm, and you know, it's not that I didn't want to replace it, but I'm sitting there thinking like, this guy's going to make like three grand off of me if I bring this car in. Immediately. Yep. Immediately. At least three grand. Right. And I was like, that's not, there's, there's a profit incentive there for him to tell me this about this bearing, that this bearing is for sure going to fail on me if I don't give him $3,000. And that's kind of bullshit. And it's, I called it's, it's, it's Beckley, a scare tactic. Yeah. And I called Beckley. You don't want to deal with it. That does European, you know, they service European cars of, of all types, you know, for the dealerships that we don't have, you know, those types yeah. of cars here, you know, Maserati and Porsche and all that stuff. Um, and I talked to that guy and he said, here's the deal, dude. I've replaced one IMS bearing. Um, and he's like, I've been doing this for 28 years or something like that. Longer than um, those cars have even been around. And I right. replaced one bearing and we knew it was failing. And he's like, I'm not even going to quote you a price because I don't even have the tools to do it. I rented them last time. Jeez. And he's like, "That's I've never seen a catastrophic <laughs> bearing failure and I've only replaced one. <laughs> so... My yeah. advice to people is just do do your research and find what you're comfortable with. If you're comfortable with buying a car that hasn't had a replaced bearing, just just kind of know the warning signs because they don't fail immediately. Yeah, That's I was the gonna say they're not just, they're not just gonna let go and explode. You're no. gonna get it's gonna be there's like, warning signs. It's it's gotta be similar to uh, maybe not the same, but like similar to like a wheel bearing where it's gonna start to make noise and then it's supposed to make a louder noise and then it's gonna get yeah. worse and then potentially some deposits and things there right. there's again just do your research i don't i don't want to continue to like scare tactic yeah I, I just think just just know what you're getting into know know where your risk tolerance is know what you're comfortable with working on know what you're not comfortable with working on and then just go into it with that in mind and if you buy a car without you know just know what it's going to cost to have it done or if you don't care and you're cool with it then just go and just be just be a good a diligent owner that does his maintenance and, and watches for warning signs. Um, it's not just going to up and explode on you one day. That's, that's the other thing I hear about it. It's bullshit. It's not true. No. Um, just do a little bit of independent research. So, um, but yeah, anyway, I got, the car's home. Um, it literally needs nothing mechanically. I'd like to do a little bit to it to kind of touch it up. Um, well, based on the pictures, it doesn't visually. even need that. I think you're, you're, to, you're already uh, that anal Porsche owner. It's like, yeah, I am the, the wheels don't even have thing. dust on them. They're, perfectly polished in every way yeah yeah i am being a little bit <laughs> anal there's a couple things i want to touch up a couple paint chips it is 16 years old so i try to remind myself that hey this is a 16 year old car well, that, it's not gonna be perfect and it shouldn't be because i think if as soon as you get it to where you think it's perfect then every single flaw stands out and then you're going to be super worried about it yeah very true so yeah you um, don't you don't want a perfect car no i don't i want one that that you, you can enjoy I can enjoy. And that's the thing that that's the little bit of the internal struggle that I've had with this. It's like, Oh man, I've really wanted this car for so long. And it's a struggle between should I preserve it or should I just drive the piss out of it and, and not worry about what it does to the value. Like it, you, you get into this weird space of if I drive this car, you know, it costs, it may cost me X amount on the backside or whatever. And, and, you know, that's not what it's about. Like it's, right. it's about enjoying there's the a hobby in, in motorsports and all this stuff. And, 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 you know, know what your budget is, I guess, but, um, I don't know. Stop worrying about 
shit like, you know, I'm going to have to do these maintenance items and it's going to cost me 500 bucks this year to do it. Right. Um, you know, it's not that big a deal or like, it's going to cost me $500 that, you know, that just disappears. Like I don't, I won't get that out of it if I sell it or if I put 10,000 more miles on it, it's going to cost me this amount of money when I sell it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think if you're too worried about the resale value of your car, you're kind of in it the, for the, you're worrying about the wrong thing. Cause then you're not even going to yeah. enjoy with the car that when you do have it. Yeah. But that's, like, you know, that's the shitty thing about a nice car. Well, and the shitty thing about the internet too, again, is like everybody talks about, like, oh, no, your car needs to have this, and it needs to be this mileage, and it needs to be this, eh. and blah, blah, blah. And, like, oh, that car's fucking worthless, and that car's going to explode, and all this <laughs> other shit. And it's just like, fuck, man, if that guy likes that car, like, let him like that car. Or what, you know, if he yeah. likes those stupid wheels, let him like those stupid wheels. They're his fucking wheels. And, you know, yeah. it's just, it's you not know, your we wheels. make Who fun cares? of people. We make fun of people. You know, I get it. Honda drivers, Honda drivers, Subaru owners. Um, but I understand why people... They like, like the what they like. They yeah. like. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you some advice. It's an old meme. It's been Great. going around for years. I'm, I'm into it. Not driving your car to save the resale value for the next guy is like yeah. not banging your wife for the next guy she marries. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Plus, the point is very valid. It's 100% valid. It's 100% valid. You shouldn't. This one's only. The, you know, and the thing about it too is that what really annoys me about some of the culture around cars and some of the cars that I like is that people get into this investment value thing, like that app yeah. we talked about a while back. Yep, that shit is really fucking annoying, man. Yeah, it, it ruins the fact that it's a car because in all reality, it's just a trophy or like a like a savings account. If, if that's all you're going to look at it as, I mean, yeah, why why get a car just to try to collect money on it? Yeah, and you, you won't even if a car sits. I you'd mean, be like, better off putting it in dry a bag. out. Shit starts leaking on it. You gotta yep. you gotta maintain the battery, or the battery will you know basically spill battery acid all over the engine compartment, and then you got yeah. a problem with that. And plus, can you imagine what a brand a new Porsche branded battery costs? A fortune. I can tell you what a I can tell you what a battery <laughs> in a Ferrari four uh, five eight costs. It's fourteen hundred dollars. I was told today that a BMW branded battery is like 600 something. So I'm sure Porsche is right there in the middle. Yeah, it's probably 800. Plus, if you put an Optima in there, then you ruin the value. Right. Gonna, like, oh, yeah. This shit battery. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shitty part. It's a shitty part of, of car culture. I mean, we see it at different levels with different cars. Oh, it's absolutely. Like the 240 when you put an LS in it and then people are like oh you fucking ruined that car and blah blah oh, blah it's the best it's, it's the ever same been. exact shit <laughs> it is 100% yeah it's, like, no the the, the, the 2.4 liter four cylinder man that's that was pure Nissan that's that was where it was at it's like okay great it sucked <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible yeah then the 2 liter was even worse so I, I like I understand if you like it great I didn't so yeah, like, you did like, what you wanted to do with your car. Even with all the damage done to the front bumper in the last week, it's still the most I've ever liked this car. By like yeah. a lot. And every Actually, time- a, good, a, a good example of that is the Mark IV Supra. Somebody brought this point up um, on Instagram. I don't remember who it was, but yep. now all of a sudden everybody thinks that their stock Mark IV Supra is worth literally $100,000. Right. That was not a good car. Not stock. 
No, I mean we, now. Now it's not a good car. It's no. slow. I mean, no. it's not that slow, but it's slow for, for what they think it is. People think about it like in the Fast and Furious lane of of you know it's it's highly modified 2j it's making 800 horsepower it's yep. a supercar killer it's blah 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 that's how people think about the mark IV supra that's not what a stock mark IV supra is no not even it's a kind bit. of a gangly weird looking car with the stock wheels on it and it makes 270 horsepower or whatever like it's not yeah. that great yeah i think the, the the highest one was like 330 or something yeah it's, so it's mean, really not that great no I'll say that the, the 240 right now is, has more power than that. Right. So, it, but again, that goes back to people getting into cars for the wrong reasons. They're getting into them for investment value, and it fucks the whole thing up for everybody. Uh-huh. So, anyway, but, it's home. Um, so plan to enjoy it. When are we taking it downtown and trolling handas? Uh, so that's what I tried to do when I got back. <laughs> I, I, saw really you, wanted... I saw you were downtown. Like the first <laughs> I literally thing took did. it downtown <laughs> in my, so I, when I drove back, I actually did really well as far as, um, you know, my, my kind of mental clarity. Cause you're, okay. you're in that car for like 10 hours. Um, that is a long yourself. time to be in a car. And, and that car is kind of heavily sprung. So at one point my neck started to hurt. I mean, it's actually, it's pretty stiff. Yeah, it's pretty stiff. I mean, people people are like, oh, you know, you'll want to put coilovers and blah, blah. I'm like, I don't really think it needs anything. This car. Yeah, and you're is, not tra- you're not tracking it all the time. No, so, no. I mean, I'm like, this really- is pretty from a for a stock car, and this car is super stock. It's amazing. I yeah. mean, it's like really, really surprising how good it is. And I'm like, it doesn't need coilovers. It doesn't need this blah blah. blah. No, I understand. So, I mean, it, it, there's there's yeah, a there's a reason the GT4 at the time at time at the time trials in St. Louis was leaps and bounds faster than everybody else with just 200 treadwares on it. Yeah. It's, it's set up. Well, I mean, that's why you pay, you're paying Porsche to, right. to do the work for you. Yes. Um, for better or worse. But I was good until about 30 minutes out. Um, I started just to get tired. It wasn't that bad, but I, I was just starting to get tired. I was ready to be home. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? And I was like, I'm just going to drive home and put the car away. I'm, I'm, you know, I was like, no, you drove this thing back <laughs> 10 fucking hours. You're going to go downtown and at least take a picture of it. You drove, so you drove through you Court Avenue. <laughs> yeah. I was like, see if you can go fuck with any people in Hondas. And I couldn't, I could not find one Honda driver with his girlfriend in the passenger seat. Damn not it. fucking one. Well, that's because you needed somebody in your passenger seat to help you harass them. And I that's know. me. Too bad it's not silver. Because if it was silver, it doesn't it need to be no. shit. The, the blue is good. The blue is better, in my opinion, than the silver. The blue is way better. I really if like the want, wheels that are on it. Those look great. Yep. If you if you want a silver 911, you're spoiled for choice. But it's really boring. <laughs> it's like yeah. a boring look. Um, so finding one that's not silver is a trick. No, I, I think you went the right choice finding the blue. I mean, granted, I think the, car, the color mattered as much when you found this car. But the, I like the blue a lot. Yeah, the blue helps the factor of like hey you need to try to buy this car in the next five minutes or it's you know somebody else is going to buy it yeah and and it, was, and it was priced fairly right I, I haven't even asked the price i don't really care it's not important to me um but yeah yeah no the price the price was fair based on you know like one owner literally every service document i mean there's there's service documents in there when he turned in the car to porsche to have yep. service done on it they give you a receipt for that Yep. He has that. And then he has <laughs> the receipt for when he picked up the car. Oh my the gosh. Completed. 
and every single time he stapled the service advisor's card to the invoice. Holy cows. I mean, I have the original sales guy's card. I found it. <laughs> I mean, this shit is crazy, dude. People do not maintain cards nope. like this. No, nobody does. So, yeah, it was it's 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 the, it's the right. It was the right car. So you then know? and it it may have problems, you know, we, you know, you never know. It's oh, an yeah, old car. All cars do. It's, yeah, it's it could have had a lot more issues or a lot more unknowns. Then do you have any plans for any like minor modifications? I don't know. Pins, um, pinstriping. I don't know. Something no, ridiculous. Are you gonna, not going to uh, do any of that. How about tinting um, the windows? I, I might tint it. Yeah, that might be not be a bad idea just to protect the interior a little more. Um, I mean, you don't have to go like limo tint or anything. Just like a no. like a fifty five percent or thirty five in the back or something. That'd be a you know, that protect your interior and it'd look really yeah. good with the dark color and the chrome Especially rims. Especially on the back. It would look good. Um, I might, yeah, I would hey, agree. There's some little, int- like, okay, it kind of goes back to the same thing of, like, do I really give a shit? The, I would call it more, um, this is going to be a really annoying term, but it's kind of patina on the inside and a couple of spots where you can see where... Sunspots? He, he kind of missed getting the key in the ignition, which is on the left side, which is fucking sick. What? So, you know, like, yeah, all Porsches have the keys on the left side. Like by the door. Yeah. But why? It's so, it's so when you do a Le Mans start, you know about a Le Mans start? Yeah, so you run and jump in the car, so your left right. hand puts the key in the ignition and the right hand goes straight to the shifter. Right, and puts it in first gear at the same time. So you can put the key in and put it in first gear at the same time, start and take off. I'll allow it. I think it's wonderful. It's fucking... It's, and it's not, it's not a push button, it's a, it's a turn key. Yeah, it's actually put the key in the in the dash, not in the column, in the dash, and turn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so race car. It's legit. It's, it's great. Um, but yeah, there's just some little like patina, just like use, use on the inside. You can see, you know, somebody's used it, you know, yeah. steering wheels in great shape. Seats are in great shape. Just a little bit of, you can tell somebody just, sat in it though. Yeah, definitely. Which is, yeah, that's good. But it, you know, so it's it, like, Oh, should I, should I replace this or blah? blah. It's like, no, like, don't, no. don't do it. You're right. Just Doesn't use it. Enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, do make it your own. Like, yeah, if you want to, I would tint the windows, but that's again, I I, I like tinted windows. But they, again, that's not me. That's not yours. That's, it's your car, not mine. Yeah, I probably should. Um, like I said, just to kind of protect it, and it looks, it'll look good. It'll does definitely it look good? Does day. tan? Does tan leather? It's is it tan or brown leather interior? Tan. It's tan. Buddha's was brown, which I didn't realize. Yeah. His is okay. not the same color as mine. No. Yours is more of like a light sand color, and his is more of a, like a like a brown, leather yeah. brown, like a basketball. And I didn't realize that until he pointed it out to me. He sent me his, um, I don't know if it was his option list or what it was. And it's like Savannah brown or something, and mine's not that. I don't have the... Yours like Sahara tan. So, I, I do have my option codes. Hold on a second, because this is something you have to know. Like I said, yeah, it's okay, JB. How, how do you not? How do JB you not was know? one of the few people that I told what the car was and sent him sent him the uh, uh, picture of it. And he goes, "Is that Midnight Blue Metallic?" And I'm like, "You're a fucking nerd, dude! Like, how did you know that?" Because I pulled. It, I was like, uh, "I don't know." And I pulled the thing up, yep. and then I was like, "Oh shit! It is. Oh no! Wait, I'm a terrible nerd too. It is Savannah Beige. Is it?" Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well. Beige. 
Is that does that hold up better than black or a darker color? I think the black does better. I think the gray doesn't do super great. The gray interior for some reason doesn't look super good. I'm not a fan of the gray. The tan works. Like even the brown works on like some setups. Like the for some reason the red like a red Ferrari red Porsche with a brown interior works. Yep. But the black always works for me. But yeah, the tan black looks. The black looks good, but black on a navy car maybe wouldn't have worked be awfully dark everything would be dark yeah the, yeah. the tan the tan really works it does the color the color turns purple sometimes yeah um, based on this is part of, yeah anyway now so we're just nerding we out over my... yeah we're nerding out over porsche porsche color <laughs> option codes adam's having a fucking stroke somewhere right now he's like I, what has happened to this podcast i, I can't decide we started if... it it was about cheap fiats and omnis and slow ford uh, 240s and now we're talking about porsches and yeah it's it <laughs> i can't decide if it's better or worse that he's not on this show so i could just let you go and tell every detail about this car without any interruption from anybody just let you go yeah i know people have already skipped forward to the news or i don't i don't care this is our <laughs> it's our show if it i want to if we want to talk right now if we want to talk hey, about a porsche you know what you think about a car for 20 years. You start your own fucking podcast. You can talk about it for two hours. That's your prerogative. I'm good with that. If so, if somebody shows me a poster on their wall of the car that they wanted and the car that they own that's the same car, I will let them tell me about it for two hours. I have – so I'm trying to find the poster, but I had a book when I was a kid that was a Porsche book, and I think that's really what started this issue. I think when my parents bought me this probably $10 book. So my brother has – yeah, my brother has a silver hat. I don't know if he still does it. It's probably in like an old closet at my parents' house. But like a like a one eighth, no, one sixteenth scale, like you know, like like a foot long model mm-hmm. of a silver car, just like yours. Oh, really? So like him buying one like that, just like yours, or like a silver one, just like yours, I think would be the same thing. I yeah. don't know if he's still into Porsches like he was when he was when he was young, but I, literally the same thing, same age. That model was in his room his entire teenage years, everything. I, I bet it's still the same spot. There was a video game called Need for Speed Porsche Unleashed. Oh, yeah. PlayStation 2. Or was that PlayStation they had it on 1? PlayStation 2? I had it on uh, uh, PC. PC. It might have been PlayStation 1. I had it on PlayStation. So I freaking loved that game. <laughs> freaking loved it. I might, I, I don't know where mine is. I might buy it. A copy of it off eBay. No, nah, don't do that. That's my Christmas present during our, our December oh, episode. Shit, right. You gotta wait till <laughs> at least next year to buy one. I don't even know why I why I was bought this game. At some point, like maybe I told my parents, like, oh, I love Porsche, and so they bought me a book, and then like this game or whatever, and like this is what set me up for this failure that I'm having right now. But well, then you and you haven't sold any vehicles. You just added to the collection, right? Yeah, so this is interesting. So um, <laughs> I'm I'm ready to part with my Camaro. I saw that you moved that to the shop, and I wasn't yep. sure if that was part of this. I didn't ask. I figured I'd ask on the show and put you on on the spot. Yep. I guess. Um, no, I'm ready to I'm ready to let it go. Um, we're working on it to get it so that it's kind of ready to be purchased. The '68 Camaro will probably go. Also, the green Fiat for sure will go. Yeah, um, and you've been talking about the Fiat going for. A while. Yeah, it's just a matter of working on it. I'd like to. What I would like to do, since we don't really know what's happening with RPM right now, they're working on it. It's getting closer, there's, but there's still be a, a lot of water. It's not on the track, but that track is still covered in water. 
and it and the levees are not fixed from my understanding so no, and that will that's not down for it's going to be back in the same yep scenario again so what i would really like to do is get the green fiat fixed um get it out the door and then um the 68's my dad's if he wants to let it go then i think we should get that ready to go and get that on bring a trailer both of them on bring a trailer yep um and then at that point if he wants to keep the 79 i'll just let him keep it or um i would like to sell it i was trying to figure out like okay so if i sell it i would like to sell it to like to, choosing your seller is a weird thing. It's not really an option. That's not, you know, you can't really do that. I would, I would take a hit on it value wise just to sell it to, you know, some 21 year old that I thought like really loved it, like really, really wanted yeah, it to work on it. Yeah. Like I would take a hit on it so that they could own it and, and enjoy it and, you know, have that fun that I had with it. Yep. Um, then I was trying to figure out if I should donate it to a tech school no because then it'll just end up in the scrap heap eventually honestly really because having gone to a tech school those cars do not get taken care of like really it'll either never get touched or it'll be touched too much and then someone's going to take that engine out and say i'm going to rebuild it and then they get halfway through and realize, I don't know how to finish this. And then they throw all this, all the oh. extra bolts into the piston and then bolt it all back up. Because that's what happened. Like even there was a, like a, not brand new, but there was a North Star V8 at when I was uh, in Minnesota. So it's, you know, a handful of years ago. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to, re- I'm going to completely tear down this North Star V8 and put it all back together. Because as far as they knew, it was a complete engine. And I, I challenged oh, yeah. myself. I was going to, I was going to not air quote rebuild, but like I was going to completely disassemble and reassemble a North Star V8. And I got halfway into it and realized there are so many parts that they just threw into the piston and then bolted it back together. And it was, it was it just destroyed. Like they're, they're, all parts wow. were missing. There's no way I could have reassembled it correctly without buying parts. And obviously that wasn't an option. Yikes. So, okay. So like even so that, like, 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 like yeah. So like, they, they, like those Vipers or those crossfires that got donated by uh, Chrysler Dodge, mm-hmm. they would they were either nice enough that they wouldn't let the students touch them, so they just sat, and then they like the teacher would kind of point things out on them and like mm-hmm. basically do nothing to it, or they would eventually get to the point where Dodge would say, "Yeah, you can't have these anymore," and they crush them. So it's just, I would recommend not. There's no good end there to that. Then no, I th- I I think it, it, your heart's in the right place, but it's not going to end. You're going to end up being really pissed off if you find out what happens to your car. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, I guess if somebody like is really dead set and wants it, they should let me know. Yeah, hopefully somebody on the group. It'd be cool to keep it in the in the podcast family. Yeah, if somebody wants to buy it, let me know. Um, yeah, I just want it to go to a a good home. I don't have any issues with selling it, and then like, oh, I'm gonna miss it or whatever. It sat for such a long time. I think I'm over that. It's just a matter of I want someone to have the same joy that it gave me at one point in my life. Yep. Uh, for me to let it go. Um, I, I don't want it. Basically I want someone to save it from me. We're <laughs> <laughs> just going to sit and not, you know, and just get worse. Cause it's been uh, almost, has it been two years since you've driven it? Almost. Yeah. It's been two years. Uh, we, I had an we, issue with, um, I think what happened, I was concerned that it was dripping oil into the cylinders through the valve guides. Yep. Uh, I think what was really happening was the floats got stuck open and it forced, 
um, fuel into the cylinders because when I pulled the plugs, they were wet. Oh, um, so I was I was like, oh man, something something bad happened here. Yep. Um, so I just put it in the garage and didn't do anything with it. Um, but Experiment. yeah, I think it's it's running again. We got it running. Oh, nice. said the mechanic got it running. Yeah, I was gonna say track dad got it running. I remember track we took we took it to not cars and coffee. It was uh. It was the Tokyo Drift style car show. Yeah. Yeah, we did. That was the last time I think you drove it. Or at least the last time I was with you and you drove it. Yeah, that was probably about the last time I drove it. So, yeah. yeah it was almost three years. <laughs> they, they really want it or they really want the green Fiat for whatever reason. Hit me up. If somebody wants the 68 Camaro, that one's going to have a little premium on it because uh, it is a really well put together car and it's got yeah. a 383 and some other shit and fuel injection and blah, blah, blah. That one's going to be a little pricey, but. Um, yeah, that's a nice car. That's not, yeah. that's not going to be an easy sell. No, it's not going to be cheap, but no. So anyway, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to kind of minimize some stuff. Um, so can you drive this vehicle to work or are you going to get spit on? Absolutely fucking not. not <laughs> Somebody asked me that the other day and I was like, absolutely not. I they haven't can, even told people at work that I have it. They can't know that you do this unless they listen to the show for some reason. Right. It's, <laughs> People are weird, dude. Like, okay, no, so this I get is it. I literally get Literally the cheapest 911 model of 911. Well, close to the cheapest 911 that you can get. It yep. doesn't matter. People go, "Did you hear Beck bought a fucking Porsche?" Like, that's all. That, and it'll that, just be fucking just people bitching and moaning and fucking blah you're gonna be, blah blah. You're gonna be just like Lucas, where when he bought his GTR, he gets thumbs up every time he drives it. But when he drive when he when he had it when he drove his Porsche, he got flipped off. <laughs> I can only hope so. Yeah, so that's, that's I, I I actually just found out today that I believe he sold it. Okay, because a couple was, weeks ago I was thinking maybe I should ping him and see if he still got it. I'm pretty so sure he sold drive. it. Yep, no, uh, I think I drive the turbo. Yep, no, I'm pretty sure he sold it, and I'm I think he sold his GTR. He's been driving his FRS a lot, so I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him yeah. in a bit. Yeah, the the other issue with this whole thing was that I have. Until Saturday, I'd never driven a 996. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what if it's terrible? Like, yeah, what, what, if, if it's what if I hate that one? Because everybody bitches about the 996, and I was like, what if it's really bad? But as soon as I drove, I was like, okay. Nah, you're fine. Yep. Everybody like, bitches about the 996 because they're a bunch of fucking haters. Keep why, and why, why is that? What's what's different about this one that people didn't like? I can't remember. Uh, so there's a few things. Um, this is like the first... I will say com- kind of more commercially produced Porsche as opposed to like the old ones um, that were a little more stripped out, a little more harsh. Um, they just weren't as, as, there was just less of the kind of luxury component to them. Um, you know, for the longest time, there was just the 911. That's all it was. It was just a 911. Right. And then there was the 930. And then there was, um, there was a, couple different generations and then the one right before this one's the 993 which that one's still pretty stripped out if you get in a 993 it still kind of looks like old original 911 dash it just it feels kind of old not necessarily in a bad way because i freaking love 993s jb has one that's freaking gorgeous but yeah. it just feels old and so the point of the 996 was to completely modernize give a full redesign of the 911 to bring it into you know, the new century basically. And so they went to water cooled, which is, 
usually what poor Shapiro's bitch about is that, yeah. you Listen. know, oh, it's fucking water because it's not air cooled anymore. It's like, Just, yeah, but it makes like 150 more horsepower than your stupid fucking car does so so you're just like a harley when it comes to water cool yep (laughs) literally the same it's literally the exact same thing it's yes it is all bitchy about stuff it's gotta be an air cooled v twin and they're like oh they changed the headlights and blah 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 it's like yeah they redesigned the car so it's a new car they they can't all look the same they have to be different so the the other thing too that people should know is that the the 997 is almost exactly the same car as the 996. Um, both of them use a lot of the rear suspension and the transmission from the 993. So 997 owners can get off their fucking high horse because the only reason <laughs> that those cars are so valuable is because the headlights are round. That's literally the only reason. No way. Yes, it's almost the same engine. It's the M97 versus the M96, but it's almost the exact same engine. Are we talking like 15 horse? No, not even. Zero. Oh my goodness! Unless you, unless you go to the S model, where you go to the three point eight engine, it's the three point six. It's it makes the same power, just gets stuffed. And then, you know, you got an inter- interior redesign, um, which all the plastic parts, the black finish on them falls off. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly think that at some point in the future. That first generation 997 is going to be the least uh, desirable one because it was like a weird transitional Porsche. Because when they went to the second generation in 2009, they put the Metzger engine in them, yep. which was a better engine, um, more power, just a more refined car. I think those are going to be the valuable ones. The 997 ones, I don't think anybody's going to give a shit about. We're getting really deep into Porsche. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm really... I'm really enjoying this. Like, I I don't care how cringeworthy it is to the non-Porsche people. I've spent, I mean, like hundreds of hours on the internet. You don't say. It doesn't show at all. At, at <laughs> now I'm not really sure what to do with all this free time I have now. Uh, you can talk about it. Talk about Porsches with people? Great. That's yeah. a great. That's a place where I want to be. Did you? T- oh, I guess I, no, you couldn't have because you went and drove it. I was going to say, did you take the cigars and coffee on Saturday? No. There's one coming up this Saturday, the one that has just passed, if you're listening on Sunday. Will you be there to talk about your Porsche with your oh, Porsche I friends? absolutely have to go to... What, what's the <laughs> purpose of buying a Porsche? Don't go to cars and coffee and tell people you have a Porsche. No, you don't tell them. You just, they have to ask you. Stand in front of it? You have to stand near it, and they're like, is this your Porsche? Or like, yeah. is this your 911? Yes, it is my 911. Yeah, it's mine. Thank you for noticing. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> the interior is Savannah beige. It was an $1,100 option. Here, I have the original window sticker. Is that the Midnight Blue Metallic? It is Midnight Blue Metallic. <laughs> oh, JB. I can't believe you knew that. I'm going to have to ask him why he knew that. Because I, I bet that's a standard color, and it's like the only blue they have. Yeah, I think that it is, actually. Or like only, only navy. Like, the, you know, it's Midnight Blue Metallic is... That's what that's just what it is. Yeah. But you know, once you get, you know, maybe that's the next step is you start researching paint codes and stuff and you, you know, learn about all the names for the paints, and then you can go up to somebody else and be like, is that whatever red or what you know what I mean? Victory red metallic. Victory red metallic. And you get to have that conversation. You get to be that person. So I guess that's what I have to look forward to in, in my future is talking about paint codes and chassis codes and engine codes and 
So does the does the interior smell leathery? Does it smell like um, imported cigarettes or cigars? No, uh, it, it, rich it Corinthian doesn't leather. Have, no, when I got into JB had his nine nine three of the shop, and I got into that, and I was like, it smells like like an old car, like a, in a good smells, way. No, it's it, it smells like an old European car. Like old yeah. European cars have this weird smell to them. That's like I don't I don't know. It's like really intoxicating. It's it's hard to explain. It's kind of sweet. It's leathery. Uh-huh. It's super weird. This smell that old European cars make. This one doesn't really have that yeah. that smell to it. But uh, yeah, I, I experienced it in the nine nine three. I opened the door and I was like, oh, that it's that that smell. I don't know what it is. If it's that, the treatment that they used on the leather back then, that vintage Porsche smell. That vintage Porsche smell. <clears throat> Get out the douchebag meter. <laughs> this might be my favorite episode. <laughs> We're an hour and a half into you just talking Thank about you, one car. You're talking about paint codes and <laughs> European leathers and stuff like that. Yeah. That's Adam's fine. super killed, I'm sure. That's fine. I'm trying Are to you ready to do some news yet, sir? No. I did some maintenance on my truck. Did you really? Yeah. I put, because everyone, not everyone, Andy keeps harassing me to make sure that I do this. So I put in the transmission cooler. Um, and the oh the servo from the Corvette so it shifts different. And so then you did do all that. I you did all that. that. What's that? You were debating not doing any of it. No, I the I sold myself on the trans cooler because I absolutely needed it because I was paying attention to what the temps were when I was going to St. Louis, and it was definitely on the edge of as hot as I was comfortable with it ever getting, which means I definitely went above that last year, like going to uh, and from. I know when we went to ground five, we didn't because I watched it. Yep. No, I hit at least that long haul. I know the, that it didn't happen on the way back. The hills right before St. Louis, I, w- I hit 199. And I'm like, well, I know I hit way higher than that when I went to RPM in the middle of July. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Probably. So, I mean, what 199 is not going to cash I mean, out a transmission, but it's definitely hotter than I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Um, I get that depending on the load on the transmission, meaning, you know, if you're going uphill, yep. um, it changes that temperature. But when, when I was driving it back from grid life, um, it, I think the hottest it got was 187. I mean, it was like down in the one sixties, one seventies. It was, it was yeah. super cool. Granted it was cold out. It was October, but right. um, it was like not even remotely a concern. At one point we got into a hilly spot and it maybe got up to 190, but that was it. Yep. Nah, so it it never went to like because I was reading online, people were getting up to like, yeah, it's pretty common to see two thirty. I'm like, two thirty seems two thirty seems high for normal. So I obviously was going for the trans cooler, and then well, it has a it has a cooler, but it's not very good. Like it goes through the radiator, so then you basically just tap into that with a Durale uh, trans cooler, and then yeah, it, it I took it for a cruise the other day, and it was it definitely dropped at like twenty degrees. So does it sit in front of the radiator? Yes, it does. Okay. Nope. And then, uh, then just did a full, basically dump and fill of the trans fluid. Yeah, I know they tell you to do a flush, but I'm not doing a flush. I'll do I'll do a dump and fill every thirty thousand because I did that to the to the Rav four, and that lasted me three hundred seventeen thousand miles. So that that practice seems to be good enough. I'm sure someone's going to get on the group and be like, well, you really need to flush it, but it'll be fine. 
Yeah, I don't know exactly how that works with the automatic transmission. Oh. How you actually do the flush, like as a as a shade tree mechanic. You don't. Um, you could. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. So you need like a special pump tool thing that basically flushes it out, and then you go through like thirty quarts of oil because you have to flush it, and then put fresh in, and then flush it again. It's a whole deal. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I'll just put fresh in like way too often, and then it'll be fine. Yeah, fair just, enough. Just treat it like an oil change. Then if I'm not getting to anywhere above 200 degrees, it'll last a long time. So, Transfluid is fine as long as it doesn't break a high temp. It doesn't wear down like oil. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, temperature is your biggest biggest concern. Because, uh, like, the contaminants and stuff from, like, engine oil, from the heat of, like, the combustion and stuff, that doesn't happen in the transmission fluid. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's a closed system. Yep. So uh, with the, with an engine, your you know your rings are keeping oil cylinders still getting you know a little, yep. little bit of blue buyer leach or whatever. Right. So yeah, so I did that, and then uh, now I'm ready to go for my next long haul. And the 240s zip tied together and ready for the next track day. <laughs> Wait, you gonna do anything else with it, or are you just gonna leave it leave it alone? I tried to order corner lights from Ajuku and then got an email saying that the supplier is out until mid-May. So I said, what about this other supplier? And then they took like five days to get back to me, and they're like, they're out too. It's like, damn it. So All these damn drifters need to stop fucking running into each other. That's the problem. Yep. So now it's, I'm, I was going to just like cancel the order and then find a different set somewhere, but screw it. I don't care. Just Just when it shows up, it shows up, and then I'll replace it. Yeah. Because, you know, by the time I do that, I'll replace it and then put it into another tire wall and then break another corner light and have to do it all over again. Not going to worry about the aesthetics of it until next next winter. You're not street driving it right now anyway. No, it's on slicks. So, Did you until, buy those eight sets of tires that we signed you up for buying? No, I'm trying, to sell, I'm trying to sell my wheels first. So I'd like to get those two, two seven-inch wide wheels, two sets of seven-inch wide wheels gone. I have a little bit of interest in them. So if someone gives me... How many bought those last weekend? No, they never showed up what the fuck i don't know so yeah as soon as those are gone then i'll get serious about using that cash to replace it with another set of wheels and i can't decide if i want to get ones that i can just transfer back and forth between the z and that get go like 18s by like nine and a half so do you not have any wheels for the z that are usable two i have two wheels that are usable the xxrs but they're like 11 inches wide oh that's right yeah yeah, they're they're eighteen by elevens. Oh, one of the sets that you're selling came with that car. The other set is the silver and blue wheels. No, no, you... no. I, I have I have the silver and black wheels that I bought for drift spares. I got the silver and blue wheels that I bought with the two forty like thirteen years ago. And then yeah. the the two um uh NTO threes are damaged. So I'm basically selling it to anybody that like I'm basically selling for like twenty bucks a piece to whoever wants to try to fix them or sell them for scrap or something. Those are, are they just cracked. Yeah, one's one's got a huge oh. chunk missing, the other one's super bent. So what just the hell getting... was Josh Moore doing? Is he driving like you on the track, or what the fuck? No, I think I think he sold good wheels and then just threw these on there because he found them. Oh, I'm just pretty, came, I'm came pretty, into his life somehow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he sourced them so that I could roll it onto a trailer. Oh, I'm with you. Okay, fair yeah. Enough. So I don't think he ever actually drove on these, or if he did. He damaged them, then replaced them, and then they sat until he needed to roll it onto a trailer. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Yep. Yeah, that's all I've been up to. Not work, traveling. Yep. Not, that's the phone call today. Yeah, I'm not traveling to exotic places to pick up Porsches and have lunch with fancy people. I'm fully aware of the douche capacity of getting <laughs> on, like going to the airport on a Saturday and then like having like people ask you what you're doing. Cause people ask me, no what are way. You? Yeah. And I'm are like, you? I'm flying out to pick up my Porsche. And oh I'm like, no. That's a, how, all right. how personable yeah. are you that people talk to you at the airport? Well, I, there was, there no was one like, talks to me so, at the airport. I know, but, there was a couple. Okay, so I went to the bank to get the check, and then they're like, oh, I hope you something with the check. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm buying a Porsche. And they're like, oh, that's or no, I said I'm buying a car. Yep. And they're like, oh, cool, what kind? And I was like, Shit. fuck, <laughs> I'm buying a Porsche. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And then like, then you have to explain it. Then you spend the whole flight just telling them about it, showing them pictures, and well, that was no, that was the that was the bank teller. So then I'm like, that's. <laughs> Hey, that's a look. And then, yeah, like, then I went, like, I had a physical therapy appointment because I've pulled one of my traps. And they're like, what are you doing this weekend? Anything fun? And I'm like, I'm flying to Detroit. And they're like, why are you flying to Detroit? I'm like, I'm picking up a Porsche. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not, for some reason, I've got enough honesty in me that I can't lie to people about that stuff. No, I, I couldn't either. I'm lie to my coworkers about it, but strangers, I'm like, oh, my God, they're setting me up for failure. Here it goes. And then, you know. Yeah, well, now, yeah, see, then you can't even get, like, I was going to say you could get, like, a hat so everybody knows you have a Porsche when you're not even in your Porsche, but you can't wear it to work. <laughs> I can't wear the hat at work, but I might I might get the hat that, that might help the conversations, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I think it's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm excited, I'm excited to ride in it and harass people outside the... Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to harass Honda drivers. Maybe we could go all the way to Chicago just to, like, just harass Jubei. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Just do drive-bys with Jabay's house and yell at him. <laughs> I, can, I can be there next to YouTube video. <laughs> harassing Jabay. Actually, harassing Jabay, the YouTube video would be hilarious. Yeah, I'd, I'd make that video. Yeah, it's something to think about. We can talk about it later. Yep, sounds good to me. Right, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just come home on Friday after, instead of going home, I'll just go straight to your place and then we can go control Hondas. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> we can do the news now that people are finally just like, okay, enough. No, enough of at all. Like zero people are listening. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, don't forget, guys, Apex Pro. If you guys are interested in a unit, we've got our discount code on the windshield mount. Um, Half off. Which is a handy thing to have. Uh, 10 tenths Apex. Plug that in at checkout. So put the unit and then the, the suction cup mount in your cart and then plug that in it'll be the discount um so yeah if you're looking at a unit that's a great way to get one picked up you just do it directly from them um and it helps out the show um and it helps out your driving so it's a win-win scenario so check that out um yeah, I'm ex- yeah I'm excited. if anybody has any questions about that let us know yeah we'll get you in us. touch with andrew and he yeah, can answer everything or, or yeah ask me I'll, I'll tell you everything i know and then everything that i don't know else I'll, I'll get you in touch with the right people and then uh, I got good news. I sourced an iPhone. Did you really? Yeah. I, uh, I Well, last weekend I was sitting on uh, like eBay and like trying to find an iPod Touch or like an iPad Mini. And like I found a handful that I was like, okay, I could, I could, I could spend you know eighty to a hundred bucks and not really 
worry about it and get, get what I need. Yeah. So I, I messaged a few people on like Facebook uh, marketplace and no one got back to me. I'm like, really? Like you're trying to sell this, but you won't respond, whatever. So then I'm like, everybody has an iPhone in their drawer. Like I Jess has a old iPhone. It's an iPhone five. So it's literally half a generation too old. Cause the iPhone five S is new enough. Oh really? And then the yeah. iPad she has is the same thing. It's like one generation too old. So I was like, oh, I could, you know, I could get away with just using these. No. So then I texted some coworker. I was like, hey, do you have an old iPhone by chance? Yeah, an iPhone 7. Oh, I'll give you cash for that. So now I have an iPhone 7 that I'm going to use just for a data collector. So I can get all the data. That's a good idea. So then now. I've, I really like that idea. I what? really like the idea of having like a tablet in an your I, race car. An iPhone or not I, any iPhone newer than a 5S will do it. Um, any iPad mini newer than a 2 will do it. And then the iPhone, or the iPad, uh, sorry, the iPod Touch version 6 is the only touch that'll do it. And you can get those for like 120 bucks. And then actually you can get one through the Apex Pro store when you order your, your, uh, your unit. So you can get the unit, an iPod Touch 6, and a suction cup mount, all at all in one shot. Hmm, it's like they have they have it set up for you already. I so didn't I was, realize they had. Um, you could still buy an iPod Touch used. I, I don't know if you can get them new. Oh, the oh, new, really? the, I think the huh. seventh the seventh gen has a new. It's like the iPod Nano Touch, so it's got a new. Um, it's not iOS something or other. It's some bullshit iOS that doesn't link up with the rest of the iOSs. So oh, for, for, for the yeah, so for the Apex Pro app, you need iOS 11 or newer. So okay. everything newer than an iPod Touch 6 or an iPhone 5S will work just fine. Wow, that is bizarre. So they do have, yeah, right here, iPod Touch app data control interface, $189. Yep. Right on the and website. I'm pretty huh. sure, yeah, there's like a... Well, look at that. Yep. So yeah, you could you could buy one used or just yeah get a. I'm not sure which version they have or like what data is on it or anything like that. But I know that you can just get it all in one shot and get a. I don't know if it's remand or new or what, but all at ApexPro.com. Oh, there's some at, uh, dat, you can buy data review sessions on here too. Yep, oh, all kinds yeah, of stuff like coaching here. sessions and whatnot. Yeah, that's cool. That's definitely cool. Yep. That, and all then, right. That's it. <laughs> that's it. News time. Um, so team owners want guaranteed entries into the Indy 500. Uh, I didn't know that this was a problem. I had to read up on this. I didn't think, I didn't realize it was a problem either. So like, um, Chip Ganassi, I think just was the one that kind of chimed in. I think, uh, Roger Penske said it in the past that they believe any driver or any team that's with the series for every event should get automatic entry into, um, IndyCar. In the yeah. Indy 500, I mean, which I can see that argument, but at the at the same time, if you're not one of the fastest 32, you probably shouldn't be in the race either. So yeah, I yeah. So the the so I guess the way it's traditionally has been done is that I think it I think it might be 33 unless I wrote it down wrong. But there's the top fastest cars get to participate in the race, there's no guaranteed slot for anybody that's participated in the rest of the series. 
Yep. So, um, that's the way they've always done the Indy 500. Um, it sounds like, and, um, I mean, I kind of like it. I know what they're doing. What they're doing is they're looking at it from, um, you know, an exposure standpoint. Right. Uh, if something does happen where Chip Ganassi's team doesn't get into the Indy 500, their sponsors lose a lot of exposure. So there's there's a there's something in their calendar that they can't control. Yes. So I can understand why the team owners are pushing for this because it just solidifies, you know, all their statistics and numbers and all that stuff for views and it just yeah. makes that sponsorship side of thing more clear. Right. And the Indy 500 is the rest of the IndyCar calendar combined in all reality. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause more people watch, I, again, these are not statistics I have in front of me. These are just off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure the Indy 500 gets as many total views in the public eye than the rest of the series combined. Just because it, oh, that, sure. I mean, my, my parents watch it. I, I and, mean, they don't, and they, they're not watching anything right else. Like, no, yeah. So I get it. I mean, yeah, you're going to go to the Iowa corn 300 and then miss out on the Indy 500. So I can see from a team owner standpoint, why that would piss you off or, you know, completely screw up your budget. But at the same time, if you're not fast enough to make it into the event, you probably shouldn't be there anyways. Or like, yeah, you know, if your car wrecks out and yeah, I don't know. It just, if you're the, the 32nd driver or 33rd driver, you know, I, what are you going to do in the race anyways? Right. right. I, mean, <laughs> I don't, I think this is a, I, I really think this is a non-issue. I mean, I get that it's important to keep these team owners engaged in the series, you know, for IndyCar from a business perspective, but like, I don't know, man, don't be slow. I, yeah, that's, 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 I, it's I kind like of the idea of keeping the tradition of the race alive because I think that's what we bitch about with NASCAR is that they don't do that. Right. And you I know, think they, they ignore some of their heritage. And I'm not completely versed in the history of IndyCar, but I think they used they did actually do this in the past where they had a guaranteed 28 entries. So like if you were at the series, you got if you were one of the teams that were at the series the whole time or you know, one of the 28 you were in, and then mm-hmm. the rest had to compete for the final whatever five spots or whatever it was. And then, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of controversy surrounding that because I think the intent behind it was very political, and it definitely ruffled feathers. But again, I'm not completely versed in the whole subject. But yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's if you're the fastest drivers, you deserve to be in the race. And if you're not, you're you know if you're slower than the if you're the 34th fastest guy. You know, what are you going to do from the back of the pack? Yeah, probably nothing. Right. So, so I mean, it really should be a non-issue. I think so. I mean, if, if if Roger Penske can't put together a team that's fast enough to make it to the top 33, I think he's got a bigger problem. Yeah, sorry about your luck, dude. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll take our stance on that there and, and move on. Lexus has made a minivan and it's awful. And you know what? Adam wrote this headline and I bet he loves it. He just doesn't want <laughs> yeah, to admit he, to it. He wants, cause he was, he the one that got, yeah, you both did. You were talking about how ugly the grills are on the Lexuses. Okay. Here's the thing about the grill. <laughs> on the Everything that's bad is eventually good again. And it's really annoying because they've taken some strong stances on some things. Uh-huh. And now I have to backtrack a little bit. Um, 
I don't hate the Lexus design. I do the hybrid that's got that weird plastic crystal ball shit on the doors on the inside that no, we I talked about yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's year ago. Yep. Uh, not big on that. I think the grills are ridiculous. Um, yeah, I definitely don't like them on the crossovers. I do like them on the what is it? The LS, the the little sports the car. car thing. Yeah, I like yeah, that the one. Car, the The car's grown on me a lot. The uh, the midsize. I can't remember if it's the ES or the GS. Couldn't tell you. Uh, that one's grown on me a lot. Um, even the, <laughs> the the giant thing, the GX is it GX four seventy. Is that what it is? Is that the SUV looking thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, even that doesn't doesn't turn me off anymore. Um, the the other thing is like I really have decided I really like the GX uh, because it's one of the last mid sized uh, body on frame SUVs with a V eight. Yep. Um, and actually, the other option is the Toyota Land Cruiser, and those yes. cost an absolute fortune. Yes, they do. Like more than the Lexus, more than they're worth. Yes, way more than they're worth. So I think here's some practical buying advice for you out there. If you're looking for a midsize body-on-frame V8 SUV, and you're looking to save some money or get the most value for your money, buy a Lexus. <laughs> you never thought you'd say that. Never thought I would say that. <laughs> but literally, like who else makes a midsized body-on-frame SUV uh, that you could like tow? You could tow something with. Midsize, Ugh. yeah. Because here's here's the. I mean, it's kind of midsize. It's kind of full size, it's, but it's, it's pretty it's big. Tahoe, Tahoe. Here's my issue with with um this whole needing a tow vehicle, needing a daily driver kind of mixed together thing. Yep. Pickups cost way too much money. Not new. all of them. Oh, new, absolutely. A new vehicle, yeah, not used. I'm talking just new for the sake of the conversation. Fair enough. Fair enough. Pickups cost way too much money. Yeah, what, what are you going to get for less than sixty? For what you for what you get, yeah. Nothing, yeah like the, the value for me is not there. I can justify the value of the the Lexus more than I can justify the value of a fancy F one fifty. And then also I can kind of justify it that um, it's not as big, it's not as like <clears throat> ridiculous as the pickup is all the time. Like I've had this conversation before. I don't want a pickup. You know, uh-huh. it's nothing against people that like pickups or the fact that you have an av- avalanche. I, like, I do not I, want to drive a pickup every day. See, I don't. I'm the opposite. I like my pickup, and I know you right. got you had your trailblazer and, and totally got turned off to it and got sick of it. Whereas, I'm very much the opposite. Like, I really, really like my pickup, and I'm, and I'm, I'm yeah, not and saying I, I'm right or wrong. I've just it's preference. Yeah, well, that's why there's there people are buying more fancy F-150s than Lexus GXs. But right, um, I think. For me, that's like the best balance of all worlds where you have something that you can haul stuff with. You have something you could tow a race car with. You have something that's reasonable to drive every day. Um, you still get that luxury component if that's what you want. You still get that kind of premium brand if that's what you're into. Um, I, I think that that's like the best of all the worlds. And I don't think that it's as ugly as I used to think it was. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of come around on it um, quite a bit. I guess you could get a, a Land Rover or a Range Rover. Um, That's like way too many monies. But well, the other thing too is like Lexus has a reputation for reliability. Range Rover definitely doesn't. Right. So I think you're getting a better buy with the Lexus. Yeah. Again, your, your Lexus will last. Yeah. Your Lexus will last literally like 300,000 miles. Yes, absolutely. So it's the best value for money available in the mid to large size SUV class 
slash utility vehicle. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with them on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lexa, Lexus Porsche podcast now. We've changed, man. We have changed a lot. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this this uh, Lexus minivan. minivan that Adam thinks is primo, really nice. Um, it's it, based on the Toyota, I think it's pronounced Alphard. What? A-L-P-H-A-R-D. That's not an American minivan then, right? No, that's definitely, uh, I'm going to say, probably Japan and China. Okay. Well, they have, uh, it looks freaking huge. Is it huge? I don't think it is. I think it's smaller than it. Than it looks? I think it does kind of look like a bus, but I think it's it's smaller than that. And the grill is so comically huge. <laughs> the grill is, the grill and then, is large. And it's, I like it because it's so terrible. Because it shouldn't yeah, be there. It's, it's so ugly and so ostentatious on the front of it because it's so much chrome and like faceted grill nonsense that I actually kind of like it. Yeah, it's it's it looks ridiculous. I can't take it seriously, and I think that's why I I would go. Yeah, okay, fine, it's good. I mean, it's bad, but it's good. Yeah, and the reason that they're doing this is that um, people in um, Asian countries will buy these the Toyota version and will will use it like we use Suburban. So like they'll yeah. you know celebrities use them, executives use them. Um, you know I'm sure people are kitting them out with fancy shit. And so yeah, I'm sure there's a whole following. Jump, yeah, jump on this bandwagon instead of having aftermarket companies build these modified minivans. They'll just build one. You know, so this one's gonna have. It's got a 26 inch TV in it. It's got privacy glass. It's got <laughs> massaging seats. It's got all this guys. I, I think it's cool, man. I, I kind, I kind of like it. The yeah, the interior is what really blows me away. It's like, it's like the private class of the of a of a airplane when you're cli- flying across the country. Dude, it, it, it's it, like it reclinable seats, like an S class. Oh yeah. Like, look at all the space you got. Like you have work surfaces. You have like you can actually recline the seat. It's like you a lazy that, boy. Yeah, like it's. It totally makes sense if you're a rich dude. If you can deal with the fact that you're rolling around on a fancy minivan, like if, it, if you're that if you're cool. that rich, you should be that comfortable that you don't care what you're driving. No, well, I'm you're comfortable. Not well, letting somebody else drive while I'm comfortably sitting in the back. Yeah, I think it's. I like it. I, I think it's good. I, think I don't it's, even think it's that ugly. I like it because it looks like a transformer. It definitely looks with like its a mouth open. So that is ten tenths approved. <laughs> Two out of three, because the other one doesn't three, matter today. Majority sold. We're on board with the hundred thousand dollar minivan. I'm in. Um, let's see our next news story here. Ford is ending its factory support of the GT racing program. Uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. This is like the worst kept secret in the history of all of racing. I know they they have been talking about this like literally for Which, the last year. Which kind of sucks because they came back, you know, on the anniversary, and they went and you know they they won. They brought the GT back, and it's great. But then it's like, well, we did it for a handful of years. Now we're done. Yeah, you know, it, it it sucks to see um, factories come in, race for a bit, and then leave again. I'm I'm assuming they're just hemorrhaging money. Oh yeah, I'm sure this is hugely expensive, and, it, and it's not. They're not getting any sort of a return on investment, which sucks that that it has to be a business that can't just be. You know, for the love of racing, but yeah, again, it's like you can't, you can't just burn through money and expect it to last. No, you can't. Um, it's been a very successful race program in WC and IMSA, but 
Um, you know, maybe it's been good. I think it's been good advertising for Ford, but they've yeah. just decided they're going to do. They're maybe. they're not like dumping racing, but they are decidedly moving into some other series that maybe won't be as expensive. Yeah, and the, the frustrating thing about it is that they said potentially they'd be go to like Formula E or something, which is like the yeah. polar other end of the spectrum in my eyes. Well, what was weird about that is, you know, this the guy that's like their global marketing director, he was saying like, oh, we're thinking about moving to Formula E, electric racing. I was like, oh, I see where this is going. Uh-huh. But then he was like, rallycross and prototype racing and building engines for IndyCar. I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> Bu- Building engines for IndyCar makes sense because you're just – making money because you're you're building an engine for somebody else so they're spending money yeah. you're just yeah you're not money. losing money on the racing program side of it right and if they're gonna still if they're gonna have they're not maybe they're not gonna have factory teams but if they're gonna support not like make a gts available to uh, privateers then maybe that might be a better way to go with just build and sell race cars rather than race them themselves it uh, sounds like that's what they're gonna do they're not gonna it's not you, like who won't see four gts racing anymore it'll just be you know, privateer teams. Yeah. And I think, I think that also kind of goes into how I believe they mishandled the Ford GT by selling it for way too many monies and then not selling enough of them. Like, yeah, if they would have, you know, you know, flood the market with Ford GTs, who gives a shit if you're selling them for $300,000 and you're selling 10,000 of them, and it completely funds it gets its return on investment in the in the in the car development as well as the racing program you know because you have, you win on sunday sell on monday and you actually can buy a ford gt and not apply for it i don't know maybe I'm, yeah there's a the reason i'm not in business that so. too, but, but that i think the issue with that is it goes back to the thing about people being worried about values of cars right and they started to see <clears> that <throat> the 2005 ford gt had a collector car value associated with it where uh-huh. they were selling for more than they sold for new. They're like a hundred grand or whatever new. And now they're selling for one fifty or whatever. Yeah. And so now they're like, Oh, we need to control the supply of Ford GTs and make sure they only go to like really rich and famous people so that they'll talk about them. And then, you know, the, the market will support the value of them, but then they said they can't sell them. Right. So it's like, well, okay. Yeah. So maybe like five years from now, it supports the market value of the Ford GT, but also, it is a Ford. Like, right. And I think they kind of hung themselves out to dry because yeah. that value is not going to be reflected in Ford. It's going to be reflected in whoever hangs on to them for 10 years, 20 years, whatever. Yeah. And it's it's not it – doesn't, it doesn't change the brand value of Ford. All it does is make these particular Ford GTs very expensive on the used market. Like right. it, doesn't, it doesn't add prestige to Ford in my opinion. I don't no. think anybody – Nobody's like, wow, that four GT is awesome. I'm gonna go buy an Escape. Like nobody's making that buying decision. Yeah, it's cool to see that Ford's done really well with their racing program, and maybe it encourages someone to buy a Mustang. But I don't think that it really significantly changes the way that your brand is perceived. No, I, I completely agree. I think that if they could, if they would have put the four GT in a lower price bracket and, and competed against the Corvette. Like you have a cheaper version, like a base model Corvette, and kind of have it somewhere in, in the realm of possibility when it comes to pricing. And then you have like your your upper echelons of the Ford GT, and like yeah, you put your your V12 or your uh, V8s or your V10s in it, and you make it just ridiculous, and then charge your half a million dollars. I, I don't know. I I think that would be a better way to go, and it would sustain itself like 
So it would go back, put money back into Ford, whereas right now I think they lost money on the whole thing. Or maybe yeah, not lost money, but they did definitely didn't come out ahead as they could have. Yeah. But again, so, I'm, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a businessman. I'm an engineer. I don't know anything. We'll still see Ford GTs racing, but uh, they've decided to at least end the factory backing of the program. Yeah, that's too bad. So we'll have to see how that affects the teams uh, in the coming year. Yep. Texas police issue prank coloring parking tickets, meaning parking tickets that you can color, and you can probably put together the joke on that. Because <laughs> some idiots parked over into the handicap parking spot because they their pickup was not small enough to fit in the lines, according to the driver. So this is the South Lake Police Department in Texas, and the note says, it's just a white sheet of paper. It says, we noticed you had a little trouble staying inside the lines when you parked next to a handicap space. Maybe if you practice coloring our patch and staying inside the lines here, it could help you avoid citations in the future. And they didn't write a ticket as far as... No, there's no uh, money involved. They literally just trolled this dude, and uh, good on them. Yeah, I was thinking about this. If they would have gave him a ticket, he would just be resentful. You know, it'd be like the next time he's in a parking spot, he's like, well, fuck them. I'll, I'll, I'll go over yeah. the line. But I think what they should have done is taken it a step further. And, you know, they give him the coloring, the coloring page and then actually put his license plate in the picture and put him on and <laughs> actually really <shame> him. <laughs> legitimately put him on blast to be like, you know, this guy doesn't know how to park. He'd be, you know, then it's actually like out there and people can associate who he is with his parking. And That's it's funny. like, you know, then the public opinion would be like, dude, learn how to fucking park. <laughs> but, they did post it online and it says like the, the tag associated with it was, we try to avoid snark and sass, parentheses, we really do. But sometimes <laughs> our fair citizens make it hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> Please stay inside the lines when you park, especially if it's next to a handicapped spot. You might be the recipient of one of our new flyers. That's pretty funny. That was good. And calling out, like saying, like, "Hey guys, we're trying to be nice, but you, some of you guys are fucking morons." Like that's that's really funny. Yeah, I think I think it's probably more effective than a ticket actually would have been. Yeah, and that's you know realistically that's what we can get. We don't have to get into this whole discussion, but really, what what police and you know public enforcement and stuff like that, what they should be trying to do is, um. To protect and serve. To protect and serve to mitigate to mitigate crime. Crime's a little strong for what this is. Yeah. Like but, uh, ticket. You know, like yeah, it's crime, but is it crime the way that we associate with the word crime? No. No. Uh, but, but really what they should be doing is looking at, you know, you know, policies and public procedures and things like that that we've all agreed on as a society, whether we've actually agreed on them or not. But and and, and trying to improve life for the citizens yes. overall and you know this is in my opinion more effective given this shaming this guy is more effective than writing him a ticket where he's just gonna be like well fuck this and you know, <laughs> i'll take you guys we'll see you in court and dragging you know the officer through all that bullshit and blah blah, blah. but you know same thing with speeding you know if, if you let a guy off or write down a ticket or whatever and just say hey man you know uh, I get it, but, um, you know, you just need to be, you just need to be more careful and I'm not here to, you know, browbeat you and we've all done it. And, yep. you know, I just, you know, here's a warning or a five over ticket or whatever that is way more effective than 
just really bringing the hammer down on somebody. Absolutely. Um, you create a lot of tension. And not only that, but, you know, part of the problem too is that there's incentive to write tickets because of the revenue side of things. Of course. Um, so there's, there's a real struggle to be able to do that. But realistically, what we should be trying to achieve is making life better and more harmonious for everybody. And um, I think that this achieves that better than a ticket. Yeah. So I, I think what you're saying is going back to like medieval times with public shaming was better times and that we should get back to that. So like right. if you park like a jerk off, I can throw tomatoes at your truck. Right. Or mayonnaise covered fries. Mayonnaise. Right, mayonnaise, because you're going to have that in, in your vehicle already because if somebody causes a traffic traffic, ac- traffic accident on 235, you're going to be prepared for that as well. Yes, public shaming. When I become dictator and instigate <laughs> all of these laws related to smearing and throwing mayonnaise on people, I feel like things are going to run a lot more smoothly. Yes, we're going to give less tickets but more public shaming, and it's just going to bring the society back in line. Right. And mayonnaise, like if you got stock in mayonnaise companies, you're gonna be, you're gonna be thrilled. Yeah, you're gonna be sitting good. <laughs> yeah, can I? If I TP someone's pickup and I write, learn how to park. Is that is that gonna? Am I the one that's gonna get a ticket then? No, we're gonna go through and rewrite all the laws. Oh, good. We're gonna decide, you know, what's an appropriate uh, punishment. You know, like a, a citizen. Um, not citizens arrest, but yeah, yeah, not a citizens arrest, but uh, citizens <laughs> justice or vigilante justice for Ooh. somebody doing X, you know. And if you get caught in the act of, let's say we decided throwing eggs at a pickup because he parked <laughs> over the line, if you get caught, you know, a police officer be like, hey, you know, what's going on here? And you explain to him, they say, yep, sounds good, bud, thanks. <laughs> and he takes off, and then you come out and your pickup truck's all covered in eggs and shit. It's like, well, tough shit, dude. I just but, talked but, to that cop. It's all good, man. Yeah, don't park like an asshole. It's right here. It's in the municipal bylaws that uh, I get to throw eggs at you. So suck it. This you know sounds like you need to be a mayor because I think that it'd be way easy to get that into the bylaws of a small town. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to my HOA. <laughs> I'm in charge. Yeah. Don't park in front of my driver. I'm going to put a bunch of uh, eggs on your truck. Right. Or you get to – or like um, let's say – somebody what's what's something else annoying that people do with their cars if you uh do a burnout or like speed up and down my my road instead of yeah. putting speed instead of putting a speed bump i'm going to egg you you get to egg them i was thinking um oh if you are one of those people that like when if you screw up the series of cars in a parallel parking scenario and like oh, yeah. you, lose spot, you know what i mean that pisses me off to no end so if you do that and we determine that you're the one that screwed up the sequence and now we're, we've lost a parking spot, uh, we get to saran wrap your car. And literally like anybody that wants to help as many layers as they want to put on there. I mean, it could take you days to get back in there. I don't really care. Like that's. Yeah. Cause it was very inconvenient to everybody else trying to find a very parking inconvenient, spot. And we're all pissed. And I feel like, you know, the people that were pissed about it, you know, the, the, it's, it's like they, the bu- they get a little bit of retribution. The community comes together to deface your car, you know? So like we're, 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 it's team building, it's bonding. Like you might meet somebody new, yeah. you know, you might learn about a new business or something like that. Cause you know, the guys out there with you, you saran wrap in the car, like, Oh, I sell, you know, furniture or whatever. It's like, Oh, cool, man. <laughs> you know, so like we're really, we're community building while tearing down assholes. And I feel like that's what 
I think we should all aspire to be doing as a society. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's like the butterfly effect. One asshole parks wrong, and then someone else gets into a car accident. Yeah. Butterfly flaps his wings, and then a tsunami happens. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, so I think we just need I, to restore order in society. Right. By, by focusing on assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on <laughs> like people that wear affliction t-shirts. You know. American fighter. I think American, I'm actually American fighter is worse now. I I think of, I would. I think too many hot girls are wearing affliction shirts. That I've I've decided that affliction's okay again. And okay. less less dudes are wearing affliction shirts, and more dudes are wearing American fighter shirts. I also feel like if you're wearing an American fighter shirt, I can challenge you to a fight anytime, yeah, anywhere. Can, yes, if, that if, should be in the rules in the new laws that we pass. If you walk into Walmart and you pick up your American fighter shirt and put it on in the parking lot, it's on. I can jump yeah. you. That's and there's that's, nothing. Nope. I mean, we can we can set up rules where you know everybody's got to be you got to be facing, and you know we're not doing. Well, I can do weight classes. I don't give a shit. Kidney shots or whatever you know, whatever it is. But but if you're wearing it, you cannot turn Can't. down the challenge. Nope. I feel if like you do. We get to publicly shame we, you. We get to publicly shame you by. <laughs> get to publicly shame you. By, we'll we'll get one of those dunk tanks. And we'll fill it full of man or fill it full of ranch <laughs> dressing, and let people throw rocks at the little target thing or yep. balls yep. to dunk you. And they get to do that for an hour. I, th- I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like putting on that shirt, you're you're asking for it. I don't know. Well, I, I, I would like to meet was- one person that does jujitsu or karate or boxes or whatever that wears American fighter, like one, nobody, no, the the only people that wear those shirts, it it was affliction. It was American fighter. And then, and, and, and it used to be tap out. You would only ever wear a tap out shirt if you didn't fight. And the only people that did fight that wore them were being paid to wear them. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like if, if you saw somebody wearing like, let's say a title boxing shirt, you knew that dude was dead serious yeah. <laughs> because that dude bought the cheap stuff so he could train and got yes. the free t-shirt. So I'm just saying <laughs> my utopia, which I think is fair to call it a utopia. The, the soon, there's not going to be a single douchebag in there. I could the soon to be that. West Des Moines. Soon to be West Des Moines. When I take over as mayor, mayor of West Des Moines, you'll see a large increase in stocks related to mayonnaise or ranch dressing or eggs. <laughs> And Saran Wrap. I can't wait. Next week, Adam's going to be like, this is the worst episode ever. And I'm just sitting back going, this is my favorite episode ever. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up, Robbie. Is there anything else? I think that's it. I don't have anything right. coming up. So, Join the consortium. Follow us on Instagram, 1010 Podcast. We would appreciate it. And we'll catch you guys next week. See ya.